Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Reader Copy Podcast. It is Wednesday, May 11th. That's right. May 11th. My name is Chris. I'm joined by my co-host and brother Daniel. Hello. Welcome, everyone, to the pod. Thanks for joining us today here at Reader Copy. I am feeling kind of sore because I don't get good night sleeps. Good night sleeps? Yeah. <laughs> no one wishes me good night when I go to bed. Good night sleeps <laughs> is what it's called. <laughs> Um, what what's that like? How does it feel? And where, where is it? The way I fall asleep is I'm usually on my phone. Oh, there, yeah. What, do you have trouble actually sleeping, or is it just the position? I sleep on top of my phone. <laughs> So I have the TV on and I am also on my phone because one screen's not enough. Okay. And then I have like two pillows and I'm kind of like half sitting up, half laying down. Does that make sense? So the pillows are on your back? Yeah. Like two pillows on top of each other? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I get it. And then I just fall asleep. That's not the way to go to sleep if you want a good night's sleep. And then uh, I wake up halfway through the night and my neck is hurting because it's like bent sideways because I've had, I've been sleeping on two pillows instead of one. You need to plan better. Plan your sleeps like, like but it just happens it, no you get like all when you already go to your room to yeah. go to your bedroom to go to sleep you gotta like lay the groundwork like you you leave you also sleep with the lights on because it's all the way across the room to turn off the lights you have the thing on your phone where you can no, just i don't turn. have a smart light bulb yeah you should get one okay it's just pretty pretty awesome actually i know it is but i don't want to waste the one that still works by just replacing it before it's dead Mm, okay i don't know it might be worth it just to just to drop it but because i love it because it wakes me up too and the waking up is actually more beneficial for me because i like you don't have an alarm the, the alarm is what jars me to wake up right yeah. the light uh, like the wakes me up gracefully you know it, just, it, it works way better like like the alarm is a secondary thing so what's your r- routine when you go to bed so my, i don't do tv instead of phone because i have to have charge my phone so i that's the thing that i'm scared of is like never charging my phone and i don't wake up from my alarm so i make sure to charge that once i already walk in to like go to my bed or whatever and i don't watch tv i just have a tablet and that's where i watch or whatever okay don't act like you're all high and mighty than me you're still watching multiple screens yeah but that's that's perfectly because i'm not on two pillows i'm on one and then when i sleep i can sleep like perfectly because i I, (laughs) perfectly because i I, i'm not waking up with a sore neck or whatever you're just woken up when you drop the ipad on your face exactly <laughs> not gonna lie i did do that accidentally sleep with two pillows yeah on my head and i woke up with a like hurt neck it was like okay yeah. this is what he feels like every, when he, every night don't do that though it's, I also, it's all you're doing my uh hair is long now oh yeah right? so i ponytail it to get it away from my face but i don't want to sleep like that because it also gives me a headache because my hair is like pulled back and no doubt I, yeah. yeah so when i go to bed i try to just like i let my hair down right but i forget to sometimes so oh. on top of like my sore neck i also have a headache your hair hurts yes everything above my neck hurts oh my god you gotta plan better you plan your sleeps like also can you even sleep that way like your head doesn't it like the ponytail pushes up against your head and now your your head is positioned weird because that's what i would imagine my neck hurts (laughs) don't don't do that don't do that dude Get a headband, maybe. Oh, like a... Because I was going to say, I have a headband, but it's a, it's a hair tie. No, headband. You're talking about the... Like, it keeps your hair back. Yeah, yeah. But it's... Maybe the fabric ones that are just like a like a little strap that you can just push your hair back. Can I just get a, like a... You know how like older black women wear like a <laughs> turban? Where's this going? Oh. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is it like a... Um, it's almost like a hair wrap, head wrap. Is that thing that... Oh, I, I was picturing the thing people wear when they shower. Picture Andre 3000. All right. He, sometimes he wears like a turban hair wrap thing hmm. i'm thinking nick cannon that one okay yeah same thing yeah. all right all right don't all right, worry all that. right all right all right all right <laughs> yeah 
Do you think his head hurts when he goes to sleep? Obviously not. Because that's he why he's on a pile of money. That's why he's under 3,000. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I wish Outcast would make another album. Um, they're more your era of stuff. I, I I can't say they're my. F- I think they're. Is this blasphemous? I think they're a little bit overhyped. Oh gosh. I think they're a little bit overhyped. They're definitely the best duo in rap, and then singularly, they're also amazing. Yeah, but I mean, the Migos have one more person, so that's like the best okay. the trio is right. obviously better. Their greatest hit is only two of them. So yeah. <laughs> They exist, actually, it's two of them and then a third person. So not even the it's third Migo. Not the third Migo, yeah. <laughs> uh, you don't like Outcast? I like their singles, but I can't say I've gone back to their albums and like listened to them and all the way through and felt like I connected to it. Like I've gone back to older rappers and enjoyed like the whole album sometimes. Yeah. I can't do, I haven't done that with Outcast. Maybe that's just me. Maybe it just wasn't in the right mode. Who's like your rapper of choice right now? Rapper of choice right now. It's been kind of bland music-wise. I, I guess Kanye. I, Donda too, I think people say that show it, it it's pretty bad, mm. kind of crappy. Um, Pusha T's came out with an album, I think. Yeah, I kind of don't like Pusha T. You know the, what he does? Because I think he only works with two producers. Pharrell and Kanye? Yeah. Yeah. And so there's no drama. He's like, you each get like six songs. I heard that. Yeah. And that sounds like kind of like procedural. Like he doesn't, he's not an artist. He's just a rapper that makes albums. Do you know what I'm saying? Or Kanye's like, my album is a concept. It's an idea. And he's just like, I'm just split it down the middle. You do some songs and then I'm just going to put out this heat. But it's like, not really. He's a true artist. I think he has to do that because he's dealing with Kanye. And it's oh. like, I, I, if I give Pharrell seven and I give you five, there could be some drama. <laughs> I thought, isn't he all like the president of good music? Good music, yeah. And he's like portraying this thing as like a gangster still to this day like yeah. he's still in the drugs and all that like mm-hmm. selling it but he also does raps for Arby's that too okay <laughs> <laughs> and McDonald's back in the day right yeah so I don't believe it actually so I can't I can't be on board Kendrick Lamar is rumored to come out with a possibly a double album by the end of the month Kendrick Lamar that's Baby Keem's cousin right I don't know who that is that's his cousin <laughs> I don't know who that's that that's so funny who's that I was doing a joke I don't get it because Baby Kim's a new rapper. He was on, he was on Donda. Um, and he's uh, Kendrick Lamar's cousin that's like kind of up and coming. Mm, that's that's so, so crazy you don't know. Kendrick Lamar is the newest rapper I know. That's crazy. Is uh, anyone newer? Is like, I don't know who 2009. Yeah. That's when I, like popped off. That's when I was like, okay, I'm, I'm done learning new rap. I'm just going to stick with what I know already. <laughs> you know who I was like kind of uh, sleeping on was J. Cole. His, his um, uh, what you mm. call it, mixtapes were pretty good. Like it was fun for the time. He was still an up and coming rapper. But he used to and say then, you don't get it. And then you're, he's overrated. Uh, yeah, exactly. So then like a couple albums, I was like, this is not for me anymore. And then he's, uh, now he's like this big label guy. Like he owns a label and he's trying right. to promote. So he's kind of becoming more mainstream intentionally. I think he's a very underrated basketball player. That's right. He was, <laughs> no, he was almost going to be pro, right? He went pro, in Africa, but in right? Africa. <laughs> so, yeah. So what does that mean? Like, the, what do you mean? Like, why Africa? Is that all that would take him? Because he's not good enough to play in the NBA. But he's not busy running a label and being a rapper. He decided to do that. That's crazy. Well, he loves playing basketball, but he wants to get paid for it. All and, right. And they mm-hmm. offered him a contract. So I was like, okay. I wonder if his Reebok deal kind of played around with that because he has a big. That's his brand. Mm. His tie, whatever it is, not yeah. Nike. I wonder if that played into his basketball. If he, if he wanted that Africa like sponsorship marketing, I don't yeah. know. That'd be funny. Um, speaking of basketball. 
We know you're a huge sports fan. That I am. Have Have you been following the NBA playoffs? What do you think about the whole like? It's been a while now, but like the Nets and Celtics series that was crazy right it's so crazy that i think they <laughs> should just like talk think talk it out <laughs> <laughs> they don't have to were you surprised by the outcome of that series the series yeah <laughs> i really thought the beginning <laughs> was kind of slow but did you like the series the, finale the finale was oh, where, where round it, one it me, me. In, in round one yeah. Yeah. I can't wait what happens around in round two. Well, one of them is not in round two because they got eliminated. Yeah. One of, yeah. yeah. Which one? That the, it was close, right? It was pretty close. It's so hard to tell. Almost. <laughs> it's very not close. What do you mean? Huh? It was a definitive winner and definitive At loser. the end, yeah. Obvious. Obviously. It was kind of obvious before the end. <laughs> do you know who's the best player on the Nets? On the Nets? Jason Kidd? <laughs> Is he on the Nets? No. Oh. Not anymore. He was though, right? I think like before you were born. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Durant was on, is on the Nets. Oh, I thought he was on the Warriors. Oh my God. Get oh, your head was out it, of wasn't 2016. He, wasn't he in the um, Sonics? Is that what it's called? <laughs> so do you know his story? His origins? <laughs> He fell in the vat of Ace Chemical. <laughs> then he became the world's best basketball player. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is he? What's what are they called? Uh, Monstars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They should, oh, that's what they should have did was Space Jam, but instead of LeBron, I never watched the second one. But yeah, it's J Cole. Oh, okay. and then they're like, "Why is he so good? Why did you take? Oh, he, he's a rapper. We didn't know he was a basketball player." Yeah. Because that was the story of the first Space Jam. What? He was they, a rapper? Michael Jordan no, was a Michael, rapper? Michael, they were like, they didn't get Michael Jordan's powers because he was a baseball player at the time. At the time. So they were like, why did you steal his powers? Like, he's a baseball player. And he's also the world's best basketball player. Michael Jordan. Yeah. I see. Okay. So they do that. They steal all the NBA's best powers. But then to represent Earth is J. Cole. They were like- And the Looney Tunes. <laughs> we grabbed all like the world's best powers. We didn't think to look in Africa. <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, who else is like a great basketball player but is not in the NBA you're asking the right guy like, you're the sports guy <laughs> but yeah you, you don't have to watch the second uh, Space Jam oh yeah okay yeah. I was like you don't have to watch the rest of the NBA playoffs I'm not yeah <laughs> also I know you're not uh, Space Jam 2 was a letdown big disappointment it was not good I won't say it's a letdown because I didn't expect it to be good but it was worse than I expected Space Jam was so fun the original yeah you know why it's not good there's not enough R. Kelly music uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no I thought it was just the right amount <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, I'll tell you what happened in the NBA playoffs so far. Yeah. Uh, the Nets, who have the best player possibly playing right now, Kevin Durant, and then one of like the top 10 players, Kyrie Irving, um, got swept by the Celtics. Swept? They lost four straight and got eliminated. Oh, okay. I see. Do you know what got swept means? No. Like, I, it sounded like, like he got swept, like he got stolen. <laughs> Yeah, like swiped, brushed away. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I think I know. I think you're right. I think I know who the best player on the Nets is. Okay, go ahead. Tasmanian Devil. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the first Space Jam? Um, Charles Barkley, because his powers get stolen. Right? <laughs> Yeah. He goes to play in like a street basketball game and everyone's like, oh my God, it's Charles Barkley, come play with us. And he sucks because his powers got stolen. Oh. And then one of the girls like, you're not Charles Barkley, get out of here. 
You're just some loser. Just some guy. Yeah. It's just, it just really funny. Oh, man. I don't remember that at all. We should watch Space Jam again. Space Jam, yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll watch Legacy one one of these days. No, you shouldn't. I shouldn't. I You're think you shouldn't. Voting against it. Yeah. Actively. Yeah. Wasn't Batman in it? In Joker? What? Maybe you're thinking about something else. Didn't they have like a, a scene where they have like a bunch of Warner Brothers stuff all together and mixed in? I need to watch the movie. I don't remember anymore. Okay. Yeah. Maybe you didn't watch it. Michael Jordan's in it. He is? Michael B. Jordan. Oh, wow. I didn't know that either. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's uh, that's the NBA update. That's the whole podcast. Yeah. Uh, Jake Cole's winning <laughs> and Kevin Durant lost. That's the meaning Dale was still in there. <laughs> Uh, do I want to explain to the new listeners? This is a comic book podcast, in case you didn't know. Yeah. Not a sleeping NBA podcast. Uh, why don't you explain how the show works? We split it up into three parts. First, we'll talk about the comic book news that came in this week. In the middle, we'll talk about a comic book. And you guys caught us in the middle of Superman. So we're reading Superman Birthright. At the end, we'll talk about a uh, our side stories. So I've been watching, reading, whatever entertainment we've taken in this week. All right. Sounds good. Let's get into the news. Do you remember um, the first Suicide Squad movie? It was a hit. It was yeah. amazing, yeah. Yeah, with Academy Award winner Will Smith. Oh, right. He never misses a shot. <laughs> <laughs> you won't call him a dead shot. <laughs> um Obviously, that movie was not good. Not spectacular, yeah. no. So Pretty bad. They made another one, right? Amazingly enough, yeah. And that was like very good. It was great. It was hilarious. The action was on point. Mm-hmm. Good storytelling, believe it or not. Yeah. And it was so good, they made a spinoff of it. And that was great. Yeah. Debatable, maybe even better than the movie in yeah, a way. Peacemaker was very good. Yeah, yeah. So, obviously, the key to this is just make a spinoff of the spinoff. Oh, I see. You can't yeah. fail, right? This keeps, yeah, yeah, keeps waterfall. So many great characters you could choose from on that team. The obvious choice is pick a member that was in the original bad movie. Which was Amanda Waller. <laughs> Amanda Waller, I guess, is getting a HBO spin-off series. Yeah. On HBO Max. Um interesting idea. I wonder what is it it sounds like it could just be a Suicide Squad TV show almost. Well, I think it's gonna follow the events of Peacemaker. Oh really? And if you've seen that show, we know at the end, um, she's like outed by her daughter as being the head of Task Force X, like forcing these criminals to do missions at the risk of losing their life. Right. And now she's out. So the whole world knows that. So I think she she doesn't have the same like um, abilities that she had before as far as like having like government power or whatever. Right. Just like power over people or... Yeah. So she might be like on her own now or like fired from that or I don't know. But there's no details yet on what the series will revolve around. All we know is that Viola Davis will be back. Okay. I think she... she it's, it was obvious she was pretty high up in the military or whatever government, whatever she was in yeah. to be able to do this is pretty drastic yeah i think she's gonna have some push around power still i'm picturing maybe this will be like she can control one criminal one prisoner at like one time not make a whole team i think that could Mm. work where she's like assigned one person and it's like very more close to that one person that she has to like guide um and do her bidding or whatever and then Mm. we'll move on to the next one somehow i think that could work maybe that's a formula there so like Instead of like a monster of the week thing, it's like there is a monster of the week except she's controlling them. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's the new person that she has to control for that time or mm. it could be a new person that she's not worked with before or someone that's 
established and work on her Suicide Squad before. We just haven't seen their journey on the team before, right? That could right, work. Yeah, there's plenty of C-level villains they can choose from. Yeah. Also, what's the vibe of this thing? Peacemaker was funny as hell. Mm, yeah. Amanda Waller, Viola Davis, she's pretty mean and kind of dry. Right. I don't know what the whole attitude of this is. To me, this falls in the category of similar to like a Madam Web movie. It's like, <laughs> why are you making this? I don't get it. Yeah. I, I don't see how it's good yet. Because like you said, she is like a dry character. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to see that every episode. I don't want to watch a whole series of that. So uh, this is going to be executive produced by like a good amount of people. Like Viola Davis is always executive producing it too. Um, Crystal Henry is writing it and, and executive producing. But James Gunn is also on the list. So Okay. So it's still like in his style of world of Suicide Squad? That's the big question. Is he like heading this as much as he was for Peacemaker? Yeah. I'm not sure. I Yeah, I don't know. Because Peacemaker, obviously, it was like his like idea. Like, uh, I wouldn't say like his baby because I think yeah. like he's worked in superhero stuff a lot now. Yeah. But it's like this offshoot, offshoot thing that I could do. Mm. Uh, it's like, oh, they're giving me this long leash. It's like, I'm going to have fun with this. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't... I, maybe he's only producing like on the list of producers just because like they need to confirm with him like this doesn't conflict with oh. stuff he's established before. Yeah. Something like that. But maybe he's not really in charge of this series at all. I'm curious how that relationship is going, him and Warner Brothers and DC. Yeah, I know he's right now heavily entrenched in making Guardians 3. Yeah, there's that. So he's busy on that. What's going on with Suicide Squad 3? If there is one. Yeah. I hope there is. And I hope it's James Gunn. Yeah. Because I honestly think that the Suicide Squad is like top five DC movies of all time. Really? And maybe top 10 of comic book movies of all time not just the oh, not just these um uh past Snyderverse era you're talking about all dc movies in total yeah it's that good mm. it was like surprisingly good to me like i knew i was gonna like it but like i beyond liked it when i watched it wow really okay i was like so surprised and like laughing constantly and, and entertained and the action is still also very good and it's not like guardians was um amazing but also like the action in it is very comedic and this had comedic a lot of comedy but the action was also like this is just from an action movie like like hard-hitting yeah like i this is not supposed to be funny it's supposed to be look you know climactic and it, it does it's a bit more uh ground-based or whatever because right. you're just like regular criminals like most of them are at least mm-hmm. like where guardians is in space right yeah yeah and, and the creativity of some of the stuff in suicide squad how it was shot because i'm kind of like a like a filmy geek like how they how they film stuff yeah and the scene where like Peacemaker and spoiler alert, Peacemaker and Rick Flag are fighting. Yeah. Oh yeah. But you see it through the helmet reflection of Peacemaker. I was like, man, how do they shoot that? Like that's that's the stuff I geek out about. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Peacemaker, what a joke. Yeah. <laughs> That was a good scene. That was that was impactful. There's some emotion there. Yeah, and that carries on to the series. Uh, what's his name? Uh, James Gunn takes these characters and he just warps it to whatever he wants, whatever mm-hmm. the, because they're throwaway characters in the uh, executives' eyes. Yeah. So Amanda Waller kind of has a storied past already, where she is kind of this, um, I guess, like mean person and can can like control yeah. these person. Whatever gets the job done. Mm-hmm. So she I wonder. Care. I think James Gunn is not going to play with that. It's 
just that fun thing to do already. Like, you think they're gonna soften her? Like, she has an arc where she changes her attitude by the end or something like that. Well, again, another spoiler alert to Peacemaker. Uh, Adebayo, the character, is her daughter, right? Yeah. So if that can soften her up a bit somehow, if maybe she's more in the show. Yeah. That could be an element. I bet she is. Like, yeah. she. You think she's a big part of the show in total? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. My guess is yes. She does have to soften up and become a, a you know, a parent in a way. Yeah. Yeah. That would be interesting. I am surprised they're still making the show because there's rumors that they wanted to like revamp the entire DC world yeah. in, in film and television. But yeah, they keep greenlining these shows that expand what's already established. So this rumor of like this hard reboot or hard reset, uh, if it does happen, I, I feel like it's like we're far away from it. There's no Maybe signs of it yet. Yeah. Uh, again, like the, we talked about last week, there's a sequel to Batman, yeah. which was, I was obvious, but the th- conversation was they're trying to mix it all together, make another connected universe reboot, right? Yeah. And so these sequels, the spinoff, it, it signs there's point to that not happening with these follow-up things. I guess maybe right. these things are already on the tracks and they just are releasing now the news about it. Mm-hmm. And so but they are, they're not going to full stop or anything. I mean, this is still Snyderverse. It is, yeah. Yeah, so more than half of the stuff they come out with is in that Snyderverse, which is what they kind of want to erase in a way. So it's like, oh, well, make up your mind. Uh, they, they're still a business. They got to they like make, <laughs> make ends meet in a way before yeah. they can just shift and drop it all. Right. Um, but uh, I don't I don't know if I'm excited for this yet. It has potential. But uh, yeah, I just I, don't I, know the vibe. I don't think I need this show. Yeah. yeah. Or like I needed Peacemaker. You needed Peacemaker? <laughs> Why? I needed to see if John Cena was a good actor. And then I figured out, yeah, he is. He's a good actor. Yeah. He's just not human. Yeah. Because I watched um, Fast and Furious 9. I yeah. Like, nine. I was like, he's not a good actor. <laughs> I think he's he's one of these uh, Chris Hemsworths where they're like gigantic dudes that are actually kind of funny. Yeah. he's all, I, For me, he's best when he's funny funny he is yeah yeah and that's what peacemaker was yeah when he's john when he's dom toretto's brother it's not that good <laughs> <laughs> who is doing a master class in acting in any of those movies tell me that uh charlise i don't think so yeah so i think I mean, he might be the best actor in that movie i'm trying to think tyrese and ludicrous yeah you're right <laughs> <laughs> bow wow come on uh, so i he, honestly he did the best job in that jason statham he honestly he actually is believable like he's a real person <laughs> not real well-rounded dominic toretto <laughs> sure sure Holmes and show. <laughs> um, the only thing that I think is DC is like doing well and has a track record of like this is their best stuff is their animated movies. Yeah, I mean maybe the 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 bar is lower for them because animated whatever. But um, we're getting we're still pulling out a lot of stuff out of them, right? Yeah, because I think they're the things that fans actually really enjoy and like some of the, my best my favorite stories are the animated ones like um, Red Hood. Is probably the best one. Yeah. Uh, there was one that was like very underrated. People don't talk about it, but it was Superman, Batman. I think it's called Public Enemies. Oh, I think I've watched that one. Yeah, yeah. that one's pretty good. Um, I've peeked at the Justice League Dark movies, the oh, yeah. animated ones. They're kind of yeah. fun. Uh, Justice League Dark uh, Apocalypse War. I was also so on there. Yeah. Um, uh, why Batman is on the team? I don't. I get it. You're <laughs> trying to sell money. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, they released a trailer for a new one. Mm-hmm. This one starring. Um, um, Green Lantern. I think it's called uh, Green Lantern. Green Lantern. <laughs> Beware my power. Beware my power. Yes. Uh, but this was not Hal Jordan. No, this is John Stewart. Uh, yeah. 
so uh, this is second Green Lantern, I believe, a uh, human mm-hmm. that that we've gotten. Yeah. Um, I think this is the origin story for John Stewart. Exactly. In yeah. Here. So pretty interesting. The trailer starts off with him revealing himself to the Justice League. Right. He's already a Green Lantern. Has the power. But they don't know him, right? Yeah. They know of Hal Jordan, but then they see him with the costume. They're like, "Explain yourself. Who are you?" Yeah. He's like, "I used to host a Daily Show." <laughs> I got a tan. <laughs> Uh, if you don't know the character of John Stewart, he's very different from Hal Jordan. Whereas Hal ways, Jordan yeah. is uh, a Ryan Reynolds esque. <laughs> <laughs> John Stewart is very like stern, not joking, serious character. I agree. I agree with that. I um I think of Hal Jordan is like a flyboy is what the right. term like. He's just like there for the thrills, but he, that's why he has the the will, right? Like he's yeah, just, uh, that's him. Um, John Stewart, I think of as like almost like more of an adult. Yes. Right? Like he'll uh, lay down the law, put you in your place. Yeah. uh, That kind of a character. And I know that from like the Justice League cartoon. That's the most I've seen of Jon Stewart. Yeah. And I think we get to see his origin even pre getting the ring, a Green Lantern ring. Because like clips in the trailer that came out, like shows his like military background, which probably kind of like really, um, what do you call it? Like molds the character into what he's going to become. Yeah. Yeah. And then when, I think it's one of the Guardians, those blue people, aliens lands on Earth and then finds Jon Stewart and, and that's how he gets one of the rings. Yeah. I, I, I think that's a good point. For some reason, Green Lantern their profession before becoming a superhero is a big deal like it like right you have to be fearless in different ways yeah yeah like uh <laughs> i think hal jordan was a fighter pilot like yeah. you said john stewart's a military guy i think Kyle Reynolds was like a graphic designer yeah <laughs> fearless fearless no fear <laughs> but the photoshop is no no trouble <laughs> he's not scared of um like job security no <laughs> Uh, but John Stewart, I th- in this trailer, he seems more young. Like he's like yeah. up. Ago, like I, I don't know if we're gonna get this stern John Stewart. I'm coming to expect because that's what I know from the Justice League cartoon. Right. But I think it's still gonna be fun. We see some Justice League characters in the mix. Mm-hmm. Not maybe their big guns. No Batman, Superman yet in the trailer. But right. we got like Vixen. Uh, <laughs> yes. We have a Green Arrow, and I think Martian Manhunter. I think Hawkgirl is on the um, on the the cover of the like the, the movie or whatever yeah. poster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think what they're trying to allude to is this is post like maybe post. Uh, Sinestro Core War maybe because yeah. Sinestro is in it as the villain he's featured and he's already like the evil version yellow yellow mm-hmm. and they allude to like a big war that Hal Jordan sacrificed his life to win oh right so I think he'll have a history with Green Arrow and him getting introduced to Jon Stewart and being the new Green Lantern I, there's probably like some animosity there and like you can't fill his shoes kind of thing interesting that's what that's what I'm kind of like projecting onto it. I I know that like Green Arrow and Green Lantern have like long stored comics in the past, like just the two of them. But Hal Jordan, yeah, Hal Jordan, right, right. Yeah. And um, the funny thing is, it's like Green Arrow was the one teaching Green Lantern how to be a hero, like right. not not be a superhero, but like morals almost. Yeah, I think I think it was a very liberal comic book, like teaching mm. him like things like that. Um, so maybe he is like, I have to do this again for this new character or like be his mentor in a way and yeah. introduce him to being like on a team of superpowers or whatever. Which is funny because Green Arrow has no superpowers. He's got an arrow. He's got, yeah. <laughs> he's got an arrow and a bow. But I, I do see like, there's like jokes between him where like, it's kind of bossing him around and I could totally see like, why would you be chosen as the next Green Lantern? Like possibly. Yeah. You have hot, like, you're not going to be my new best friend. <laughs> That's why like Green Arrow was like, 
why didn't I, the ring come to me? <laughs> right. Uh, but uh, curious about this one. Green Lantern, honestly, is a hero that I haven't been enthralled in all of their stories and know their past. Uh, Hal Jordan or pretty much anything past Hal Jordan almost. Or I think Green Lantern has some of the cooler like stories because there's so many of them. Oh, really? And I, I love core. seeing when all the Earth Green Lanterns have to like work together. Like when you get like Guy Gardner and Kyle Rayner and Hal Jordan all together and Stuart and even some of the newer ones. Yeah, yeah. Kilowog. Yeah. Getting right. mixed. So their mythology is so cool with the different colors and like the emotion spectrum. spectrum is that what yeah. it's called? Uh, I wonder if they're going to play around with that at all. We already saw the yellow one is in the trailer. If they're gonna, I wonder if they're going to have the other ones in there. Yeah. Do you know like all of them and what they represent? I think I know a few. Was it was blue hope, I think. So, so I don't know. <laughs> I think pink. Red is like rage. Rage. Yeah. Anger. Orange is avarice. So like greed. Greed. Right. And then yellow is anger. No, no. Yellow is what? It's like fear. Fear, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Blue with, did I say that was hope already? So yeah, something like that. I don't know. You know what, what's cool is like they all have their own squad, right? Yeah. Their own core. But Orange, the greed one, yeah. it's only one member because he's greedy. Because he took it all for himself. Yeah. I think the way his powers work is like, because he took it from all of these other uh, lanterns, mm-hmm. other orange lanterns, like they are what manifest out of his ring. Like they like attack out mm-hmm. of his ring. Okay. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know um, the character Jessica Cruz? She's a Green Lantern. Now she is, yeah. Yeah. But you know where her ring comes from? Where? It, it comes from the other universe, the, like a multiverse or whatever, mm-hmm. of the crime syndicate, where it's like the Justice League, but they're evil. So everything's like sh- shifted, right? Everything's yeah. off. So she got the ring from that Green Lantern, who is an evil Green Lantern. So the ring talks to her and be like, hey, go steal this. Go kill that guy. And she has to like fight that voice in her head to be a hero. It's like, because um, it's green is will, right? So right. That could be taken in any different way. Yeah. Where it's good or bad. Right. So I guess in that world, like the will of like to do bad, I guess. Yeah. Interesting. It's a cool character. But she's still a hero in, in this world, right? Yeah, she's a hero, but it's almost like she's not chosen to be a hero. Mm. But she has the ring. It's yeah. almost like Venom where it's like kind of superpowers are telling you to do bad. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hope this expands the world of Green Lantern, and even if it's just the cartoon movies, because I, I want to see more of them, and eventually lead into like that'd be cool if they did like Blackest Night, Blackest uh, Night all the way cartoon in yeah. a cartoon. I think it would have to be a cartoon. Like that's pretty big story with a lot of backstory to do as like a live action. They might have to build up to it with some movies beforehand somehow. Yeah, I mean, maybe they did those already. I'm just not aware because there's so many of these animated cartoon movies mm-hmm. now, uh, DC stuff. Yeah, I totally missed the like the Constantine stuff that came out recently. Yeah. I think there's one that's House of Mysteries too. Right. So I need, I need to catch up on those. They do like um shorts. Did you know that? Do they? So the Constantine House of Mystery, I think it's like an anthology of shorts. Oh, cool. And I saw one clip that is Ted Cord Blue Beetle. Yeah. But the way it's animated style and it's like the way this the lines are written and stuff, it's almost like a Scooby-Doo oh. or like an old school Super Friends. Like it's corny. And and because it, it's tongue in cheek in that, it's hilarious. Oh yeah, look at that because it was like um, Ted Cord is obviously like an older character. Yeah, so it's going to that era, but right. then horror stuff because it's Constantine. So it's like yeah. mixing is like Scooby Doo. It's like that's the perfect right. Venn diagram area of that. Yeah, that's kind of funny. It's really funny. I almost sent you the clip. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I'm excited for that. There's another series I'm excited for. Oh yeah, because I really love the comic book that we did of Paper Girls. Paper Girls. 
uh, one of the Brian K. Vaughn image comics. Yeah. And I honestly, this flew by me. They're making a, a TV show for it. Yeah. I, I knew about this a long time ago. Oh, yeah. But I think um, a lot of things derailed it from happening right away because it's going to be on Amazon Prime. Uh, and they did not pay for shipping. <laughs> so it took super long to get our first look. Bezos is flying it up into space and then bringing it back down to Earth before we can watch it. <laughs> Um, Paper Girls is takes place in the 80s mm-hmm. or does it? <laughs> because it has like time travel and world multiverse stuff and it, it's very good. Very interesting idea. So it's like Paper Girls, like like when you say a paper boy, like the the, the kid that delivers your newspaper in the morning, right? Do you know what a newspaper is? Newspaper. <laughs> interesting. It's like, it's like when you print out Twitter. <laughs> It's like when you don't have time to buy wrapping paper. So that's right. when you wrap your gifts in. It's what they use to make paper mache, right? <laughs> it's an 80s thing, right? It's a thing they drop in your um, front door that you put directly into the trash. <laughs> right, right. Maybe you hit the dog with it. <laughs> But uh, pa- these paper girls, they're just these girls in the 80s. I think they're like kind of uh, tomboyish girls, right? They're right. preteens um, delivering paper when out of nowhere, they unlock time travel. Like some out of nowhere it's crazy. thing happens on Halloween night and just they travel through time. And there's just so many different things. Like there's ninjas, there's like aliens, there's robots. Yeah. Any, like Brian K. Vaughan just throws anything in the mix mm-hmm. as they have to deal with time and how that affects you and has some like back to the future type scenario. We were just talking about how Blackest Night gets so crazy, it has to be cartoon. This gets crazy, and they're doing a live action series. So That's want, right. Like, how are they going to depict all the stuff in the comic book in this? Because, like, in the comics, there's like people riding dinosaurs and right. stuff like that. Yeah. So it's like, I, I hope they stick true to that. I'm thinking about the set pieces because that's yeah. it's so grand. Like, they, they jump into these different times, and it's what makes the impact is seeing how changed the environment is, how weird right. it is, how off it is. Um, you think Amazon's going to do good diligence on this? Is Amazon... Yes. I think Amazon, like their track record of, of shows, is like well, what's really popular, like The Boys. Oh, yeah. And okay. um, Marvelous Miss Maisel. Yeah. <laughs> For their I'm just saying like stuff, their, yeah. their originals uh, are very critically acclaimed and like they're, they're kind of like not half-assing it is what I'm trying to say. I think they have some that are critically acclaimed, but they put out a lot of stuff that fly under everyone's radar. Like Netflix has some creator-owned stuff too that yeah. people People ignore. I think Amazon does that way more, where people just did not they don't know it existed. Show it on the page at all. <laughs> they have a whole website that everyone goes to every day. But they have a lot even. of things that are like maybe not everybody watches, but the people that watch it love it, and yeah, it continues on. Like uh, Jack Reacher, sure, that's new, but it's getting another season. Um, what's the Ryan one? Jack the, Ryan. Jack Ryan. It's just Jack, Jack with Daniels. R. Yeah, just had an R name at the end. Yeah, Jack Sparrow. Jack Sparrow. I've been watching that show. It's been amazing. Yeah. Co-starring Amber Heard. How's her acting in that show? (laughs) Better than an Aquaman. (laughs) Um, So in the the first look of Paper Girls, we just get the four main uh, characters. That's right. And it's really just like a light passing by them to reveal them. And then like we hear a quote from the show that each one says. But um, I really enjoyed it because the quotes are from the comic book. That's right. Yeah. Straight from their dialogue. And the whole thing is you totally get the personality in yes. the single quotes. Right. And it totally fits for the character. There's the one that's like the leader and kind of, um, you know, kind of tougher than all the all other girls. Them, yeah. There's a new girl that's kind of just uh, going into this world. Like the, the being a paper girl is a big deal in this neighborhood for some reason to these yeah. girls, right? right. So 
And then there's the other two that I can't really know their characters too well, but they're in there. Yeah. So I'm excited to see more of the show. I don't know when it's coming out. It just is coming soon. But I really enjoy these series that are not like they're from like Image Comics. So they're not the Marvel or DC shows. They don't have to uh, deal with that baggage. Yeah. So I, I I can't wait for this. Like we also got our first look at season three of Umbrella Academy on Netflix. Like oh yeah, that could be my favorite comic book show. Mm, wow. Really? <laughs> yeah. Because I season two was like amazing i think yeah there was a huge leap for me personally yeah. i thought it's pretty good i don't know if i didn't know if i even liked umbrella academy in whole after the first season like even the comics i don't know if i like the comics but uh, yeah i like i liked it <laughs> season two totally changed my mind like oh mm. this is an amazing show now so i enjoy these um you say about netflix like this paper girls is on the coattails of Stranger Things. Like that's totally the kind of the vibe it's going vibe. for. I think it's it's yeah, but also not not just monsters, but like a little bit of like Back to the Future also. Yeah, yeah. I mean just these Back to the Future too, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the Future also is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> These it's uh these younger people dealing with strange things coming at them, you know. Yeah. So that that that's that's the whole vibe. I think mm, it's all pretty yeah. pretty close. They're they're competing. I think it, this could put Amazon over Netflix because Netflix is hardened right now. That's true. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I I and I think Amazon has enough of a uh Amazon's not hurting if their Prime TV is no. not not working right. Right. Yeah. And plus you get free shipping with Amazon Prime. That's right. Yeah. So do you get that with Netflix? I don't think so. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they're losing. They should provide free shipping. What do you think was the last DVD Netflix shipped to you? To you, me? Yeah. Can you remember at all? It might have been like Lost. Oh, okay. So <laughs> it was TV shows? Like yeah. It was, it was TV. definitely TV shows. Oh, okay. Okay. It was yeah. that time. <laughs> you know what me and my friends did? What? It was me and like three other friends. And we all had Netflix subscriptions, right? Yeah. And we all had DVD burners. <laughs> and, but this is before streaming. Yeah. So we were like, okay, uh, we wanted to collect all... I don't know why we did this. All of the Simpsons DVDs. All of the Simpsons? Yeah. So we would coordinate like, okay, I'm getting season one, disc one and two. You get season one, disc three and four. And then when we get them, we'll just burn copies for all of us. So like four copies of each disc. And we oh did this God. for about like three seasons until we were like, why the hell are we doing this? <laughs> I'm not going to watch these. <laughs> why not? You just, by the time that happened, what? Uh, Disney bought it from Fox, right? No, I'm just street. saying like after like maybe two or three months of doing this yeah. every oh, week, we okay. were like, and then we were like burning and because we had to burn for four copies. So like stacks of DVDs we had of Simpsons and then we were like, Netflix is now streaming everything. <laughs> You could just buy the thing. Like, it might be worth it now just to buy the Simpsons DVD. I don't point. want it. You could give it to me right now. I don't want it. Oh, my God. I used to have, like, the big DVD binders that hold, like, 500 discs. The fake leather? Yeah. Oh, my God. You did that for, like, every series. Yeah. So dumb. What a waste of my time and money. Well, you also watched the... You watched some of them. Would, do, would you say if you watched, like, 25% of what you did burn? Yes. And yet, I would still say it was a waste of my time oh, and money. So funny. Because, like, if I just didn't watch it and didn't burn it, I would just... You would have been the same. I would be exactly the same as I am now. <laughs> uh 
I wonder if you still have those DVDs. Um, you're the reason why Netflix is failing now <laughs> because you did that 10 years ago. All right. Oh, yeah. That's so funny. Um, last on the news docket, on a serious note, um, this week announced the passing of legendary comic book artist George Perez. Yes, that's right. At age 67. So, um, you know, earlier than than uh, than needed to be, but George Perez has passed. Yeah, he had stage three cancer. Mm-hmm. It was announced in December. And uh, then his family announced this past weekend of his passing. Um, legend in comic book game. No doubt. Um, he's worked on Crisis on Infinite Earths. It's a big deal. Yeah. Uh, new Teen Titans. I think for me, the biggest thing is Infinity Gauntlet. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Because, I mean, that is like the Marvel event, I think. The big deal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. Um, so his impact in both DC and Marvel is, is almost immeasurable. Like he took both of those publishers and like blew them up like in their stories like they wouldn't be the same without him obviously yeah either such a big deal to both uh companies um he influenced so much of the people that are working now obviously like like these stories ones that we've read they're obviously made a big impact on people that are trying to make comics now so yeah he's won countless awards but like he won like favorite comic book story um judas contract beyond silent night which is like a christ on infinite earth issue and then like a lonely place of dying which is like a batman series like i can't believe like he's done so many great stories like yeah yeah so um but these these stories will live on and, and inspire mm-hmm. more yeah. people in the future so i mean he's obviously left his imprint on the industry already yeah so r.i.p george perez for sure yeah uh that is it for the news we thank you guys for subscribing but if you haven't already please do so by hitting subscribe and just searching reader copy podcast in your podcast app that's right you can also find us on instagram facebook and twitter we're at the reader copy podcast on all of those social medias it is week two of super may um we're doing superman comics all month and we're gonna jump into our next one called superman birthright As comic book fans, sometimes we just wonder, do we need to get to the origin story again, again, really? Yeah, because we already did it last week. Exactly. <laughs> we, we actually did do origin story last week. Uh, it just was not Superman's. It was <laughs> Batman's. Yeah. If that does not make sense, you listened to our episode last week. <laughs> there you go. Um, so I thought we should do one, though. And this looks like the top of the list, the best um, origin of Superman uh, story Superman Birthright. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really wanted to do it. It is, of course, a 2003 12 issue uh, story from DC Comics. We're just going to be doing the first four issues just to, you know, get the basis of who Superman is and right. get, dig into who, what, what, how that all went down. Now, you might say, like, well, we already know the story. He's a man of Krypton, right? The last child. But we want to, this is a revamp of it. So, like a little bit funner, different uh, uh, times in his yeah, origin. That, that expands more of that. Yeah, stuff. totally. His character is what we're looking for, right? And I think. Um, Mark Wade, our writer today, really boils down the characters of the stories he writes, right? So mm-hmm. I, th- I thought that was a perfect fit. We've done four comics of his already. Oh, really? And two of them involve Superman. Okay, which ones? Kingdom Come uh, and JLA Tower of Babel. So those are two already Superman comics. But we also did Daredevil, his Daredevil run, mm-hmm. and also Archie, one of my favorites. I feel like he might be the most books we've done of a, of a creator. If this is our fifth already? Yeah. Possibly. I think he's just, you know, uh, uh, been in the industry for a fair amount of time now, but still does the modern stuff that we both enjoy. He is one of my favorite writers, so. Yeah. Perfect fit, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and also, our artist today is Lionel Francis Yu, and he is actually a Filipino artist. Um, oh, okay, that makes sense now. He is, yeah. Um, the first name that I can't pronounce. I, I hope I pronounced that right. Um, he is all over like the X books right now. He was on uh, X of Swords, mm. and then he did uh, X Men, um, the twenty nineteen to twenty twenty one story. So. Uh, he's a totally like a working artist now. He's like, that's a big deal doing X-Men right now. Um, he, he did New Avengers, Captain America. And then um, one of his books with Mark Miller, Super Crooks, is being turned into, nice. I think, right on Netflix. There's like an animated version right, right. now. Yeah. And they're doing a live action later. Yeah. So that's interesting. I was always curious what how the Mark Miller deal went. Like, because obviously that's all like Mark Miller created on stuff. Mm-hmm. Does, do the artists get their cut too for each of these series? Uh, maybe not. Not yeah, they're creator owned, but is it just just writer owned or is it? I don't think that's how it works. Most a deal that he has with them. Most creator owned stuff, I think it's cut somewhere. Like they decide percentage wise. Maybe there's like a template they use. Yeah, the writer gets this, whatever. But I hope Mr. Lionel is getting something for this for for the those for the two super things. crooks, for super crooks. Yeah, Netflix money, right? I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we're here for Superman birthrights, so let's go ahead and jump into the story. It starts off with uh, a test rocket going towards uh, a sun, right? The the, right. the star of in Krypton's uh, solar system. That this is the the famed story of the end of Krypton, right? Yeah. The the red dwarf star is gonna obliterate their planet. Mm-hmm. Um, we see the the one of their astrophysicists, uh, Jor-El. That's uh, Superman's dad, right? And as he's like, he was the one that prophesized this and told all of their right. elected elites yeah said so the core is like imploding or something yeah and he's like we have to save ourselves and no one would listen to him so now he's trying to save at least one person his son yes put him in of course the rocket but all their tests say it's, it's gonna fail it's not gonna work out um, and it's just uh, Jor-El and the mother there of of, mm. uh, of Clark or or Cal L as they're they're just uh it looks doomed like the, the planet looks doomed but they're trying to save their son. I wanted to ask you because like this is a, a new take uh not a new take but visually a new style yeah that we could see of Krypton and the only thing I could think of the last time I saw Krypton was Man of Steel the movie yeah which like aesthetically version do you like better I definitely like the one in this comic better yes <laughs> <laughs> what was like the whole color of that it was like brass brownie. <laughs> They, uh, do you remember the there's the shape of the rockets that were flying up? Do you remember that? Oh, the prisoners, the prison dildos. Yes, yes, you said it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. what it was. It looked exactly like that. Well, what, I don't. I think they also put that in. I think the Krypton. Well, they're going to prison. So. Well, what, I guess. What do you expect in prison? <laughs> <laughs> they're prepping them for that. I think the Krypton show. You remember that one? Yeah. On the sci-fi. I think it lent the same aesthetic, and it also looked ugly. <laughs> What? It looked like dildos? No, no, the, the, the brown, everything's brown and like brass. <laughs> okay. It looked crappy. Uh, this but one is way cooler. This one, uh, I mean, it looks like Superman stuff. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Like the like reds, yellows, and and, and blues, right? All over right. the place, but also high-tech stuff, uh, like utopian type of environment, because that's what Krypton was, right? They go into like a story of it. It was a warring planet. Yeah. They found peace. And then they found science and then they found conquering other planets. And it's just a utopia for centuries of dead, millennia, right? Right. Until they got so up their own butts 
and would not admit they're about to be eaten up by planet by a sun. So their planet's dying. They send um, Kal-El off into space, but it's almost like um, he's trying to do the calculations, right? And it's always like the tests always seem like oh, he's not going to make it anywhere. It's the rocket's not going to be destroyed or won't have enough for fuel or whatever. So the wife is like, I'd rather give him a chance to survive than keep him here where he's definitely not going to survive. Yeah. So we have to like, it's like your science plus my faith to just that he'll survive. Very sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they find a side on a location. It'll be a primitive planet, Earth, of course, but it'll, it'll give him the the gravity on the planet is way smaller. So he'll be, he'll be able to fly in all heads and the radiation from the sun will superpower his cells and he'll be super strong mentioning all these things but uh they'll be so primitive compared to us that he, he kind of saddens him a bit as they set him course for that and then the mother also mentions uh she's gonna leave like a tablet like a science tablet right in the ship too in the craft that's like <laughs> It's like an iPad that has like an encyclopedia on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a dictionary or whatever of the history of Krypton. But they even say like, um, he'll never be able to read it because it's in Kryptonian. <laughs> yeah, no one's going to teach him it, right? Yeah, it's going to be a dead language for him, but at least he'll have it. It's like uh, the Rosetta Stone or whatever, like something oh, like yeah, that, yeah. that that he's going to leave in there. And so they sent him off into space and it's kind of interesting as the craft slowly gets closer and closer to Earth, it, the, the life support numbers on it go down and down from 100% all the way down to 2% when it finally breaches the atmosphere of Earth. And there's like a one page like collage of moments with no text. It's just like the beginning of Clark's life, his parents finding right. him, him lifting a tractor at four, him flying off the barn at around 10 or whatever, and then him meeting Lana, him meeting Lex. You know what I like also about the scene where he's flying through space is when he's like leaving the orbit of Krypton. Yeah. Because Krypton's dying and it's like a mess, right? That there's a bunch of asteroids around. Oh, yeah. And a lot of the asteroid rocks kind of like get stuck on his ship and it's kryptonite. Oh, uh, so oh. that's how kryptonite will also like follow him to Earth. That makes sense. Okay. Oh, okay. That's why, why would it ever be in that solar system? Interesting. Yeah. It, I, didn't, it, I did it, not like, catch that. It gets like pulled with his ship that direction. Okay. A little, little remnants there. Makes sense that there would be a little bit on Earth moving forward. Now we jump to 25 years later. So, you know, he's mid 20s now. What's Clark doing? He's a freelance journalist and he's like traveling the world, trying to make his way as a journalist, find his footing, right? Early yes. in his career. This is before getting a job at the Daily Planet. Mm -hmm. He's taking this opportunity to see the world and he's always hired by as like freelancer to go to like these dangerous places. Yes, yes. He's trying to find the stories though, right? These are, right. This is what matters to him is finding the right stories that will make an impact. He's actually following this like civil rights leader mm -hmm. in Africa, in West Africa. His name is Kobe, actually. It's his first name. Mm -hmm. And this guy, Kobe, is a, uh, you know, he's a leader for his people, for his tribe in West Africa. Um, and he actually, Clark, um, gets in front of a bullet that was directed at Kobe. Yeah. And just out of nowhere, this white guy pops up out of nowhere in front of him. And it's like, everyone's like, who the heck are you? Why are you jumping in front of him? 
and um but clark tries tries to relate that he's just here to help him right right because kobe is like you said like this political leader mm -hmm. of a tribe that's kind of like has like unrest with a rival tribe that it's kind of like what they say in the book is because they're all african yeah they're kind of it's not really racism it's like socialism uh no that's socialism sociological discrimination <laughs> it's they find discrimination in other ways right and socially they do <laughs> Like social class, yeah, discrimination. Kind of. That's what I was saying. That's different from socialism. Okay, so social in the fact of like communal, <laughs> yeah, and ism in the fact of like discriminatoryism. <laughs> Just fighting isms. So then there's like another tribe that looks down on them, and they're like the more wealthy tribe and the tribe that um kobe is representing i think it's called like guri tribe that's right they're always like treated as their help and the jobs that they don't want and they're maids less educated sure they they treat them like they're lesser than that's right and he's trying to fight for representation and equal rights and all this stuff not only that but the um, more wealthier tribe kind of tries to impart their uh, identity onto the culture, the, the culture into the, this this lesser well-off tribe. And so Kobe's also trying to fight for the identity for the tribe, right. like, trying to be outspoken about that. In a way, they're like erasing their own culture by imposing the the richer culture on top of them. Yes, yes. And, and Kobe has come to like Clark and explains this all of this in like a... A social gathering like a little party that they're throwing uh like some of the tribes people are wearing masks to kind of celebrate the identity of their people right yeah they're just all being social to, to gathering it's like all their socialisms okay. of of celebrating their culture <laughs> that's right uh and uh so clark is feeling really inspired by this guy right someone that's being outspoken for his people and being a representative um when out of nowhere the the party was attacked there was like a a big crash a car breaks through the wall and is shooting up the, the tribes people there some of the people and clark jumps into action he again he's not superman yet he's just a guy so he can use his powers but he's trying to hide it from everybody right. yeah it's it's really like early days of smallville the show is, is that right yeah like he has powers but he doesn't want anyone to know right right it, yeah he's hiding it right he uses heat vision to heal somebody's wound he uh, jumps in front of some bullets that were aided headed for kobe yeah. but he's explaining like oh yeah i just got jet uh, cut up my, my shirt just cut up from the from the truck from the crash right? but it's literally like all bullet holes it's all bullet holes yeah <laughs> and no one can believe him right he looks back at the gunmen because they're wearing masks yeah but his x-ray vision he could see under them and it's like these thugs right yeah and um he like remembers their face because i'm sure he'll see them again later that's right right recognizes one of them and so um him and kobe and his sister they go uh way out into the distance in a van trying to um drive away right and so clark is thinking like okay so now i guess you have to hide away right mm -hmm. but kobe's saying like no this is what is entailed for the job right yeah it, and it, this is not about me either it's not about being a the leader it's about the people and so even after all this he says okay we have to circle back and help out the people that were injured and yes go further back into the danger and clark is learning what it what it is to be like a good person it's not just you know watching out for yourself learning about it right and yeah so 
we see he gets some morals there as we also see him uh, travel around Africa on his own, just flying. He's like flying with the zebras, yeah, uh, the birds in the sky. And we see him kind of joyful in the nature of it all. And he's you know, far from Kansas. Yeah. Totally different place. He's, he's fighting with a lion. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. Right. I mean, he could, he could attack that. Uh, he's writing an email to his mom describing his like travels. Yeah. And he's just saying how beautiful the, the earth is. And we never get to see this in other Superman comics. Like, so usually from Kansas, he goes straight to Metropolis. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah. He's more on a journey to find himself mm-hmm. by traveling the world. Finding a purpose, right? Yeah. I, I think this is those missing moments in the Superman time that we never get. And it's, yeah. I, th- I think that was the right move for the story since we've got the origin story so many times. Honestly, I'd love to see a series of him just in this part of his life where he's just traveling the world, not Superman yet, but helping people with his powers. But like in every episode or whatever it is, he's in another country or something. He just jumps to becoming like a journalist for the Daily Bugle or the Daily Planet. Like yeah. how they never really explain how he trained up to do that. He just what, went yeah. to school. No, he actually traveled. I think it's kind of cool. Right. And earlier I said like he's always doing the dangerous jobs because he can't get hurt. Right. Like he, he's the one, he's like one of the only ones signing up to go to these dangerous places. So it makes sense that maybe his career goes faster that way too right yeah yeah it's getting recognition pretty quick yeah totally the the name of clark kent it's making some waves um again in nature he's looking at this tablet that he finally unlocked and can like look at it and he's seeing the the warriors of his planet of krypton he can't read the text because it's gibberish to him yeah kryptonian but he's seeing like they're all have like the symbol like the classic superman hope symbol right and they, before he thought it was a family crest, but it's come to mean something more to them. He realizes. Yes, and it's literally like thousands, hundreds, and thousands of years of history because he sees like ancient warriors with that symbol. Yeah, all the way to like the last days of Krypton, where they're like a utopia. I believe in science. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they still have that S symbol. Yeah, so it means something. Yeah, he talks about his travels too, about how. Every once in a while, he'll have to use his powers and then people get scared of him. He's been yeah. able to keep it settled and no one blab about it, but they get scared of him. Right. There's a scene where he, I think he's in like Japan and it looks like a building is about to fall on some people yeah. and he catches it and they see him holding up like a building and later they see him as like a freak, even though he saved their lives. Right. So he can't like stay with the same people anymore. Like he's constantly traveling. Bit of a loner now, right? Um, mm-hmm. He realizes he has to be just an observer, like a journalist away from the people but he's learning a lot about the world and like what like humanity is about i think yeah this is where he becomes a hero for the people i think right right or learns to be like that way find finding his routes and learning about this um and then he actually pays a visit to the leader of that um powerful tribe of the enemy tribe you know the others other side right right and that that guy he views the um the kind of poor tribe as mm. being ungrateful that yes. like they he sees them as latecomers that they're mooching off, off of us a bit and being ungrateful about it and so we kind of see his he's got he doesn't really appreciate this the wide variety of people like he he doesn't see it that way right yeah because this guy he's like we're a more civilized society and we have money so we're giving them jobs we have better like our culture's 
better so we're teaching him our culture he's trying to assimilate to them yeah but then what he doesn't realize is like yeah you're giving him the crappy jobs you're taking away their culture and heritage but this guy sees it as we're helping them out that's how he sees it yeah yeah um i'm not sure if ever, anyone would really agree right but no. um and then we see a, one of his like uh workers there and clark recognizes him right away it was one of the shooters from earlier right the so, one that we use x-ray vision to see under yeah. the mask so pretty big deal that he's doing dirty work um and then clark goes back to kobe and his tribe and he tries to have them stop the march that they have planned right at least don't go out in big droves because he realizes that other tribe is gonna do harm if they organize so heavily. Right, you're gonna be a target. Yeah. Right, but Kobe's like, it's it's not about me, like you said. I, I'm doing this for the people, and um, if I were to cower away now, then our people will never overcome this. Yeah, that's what he's trying to say, but Clark is trying to save him. He thinks he's really gonna get hurt. Yeah. But Clark says, okay, I have a plan. I called him some favors, and all of the reporters I know are gonna be there and gonna uh, say your word and uh, distribute what you have to say about your, your tribe and how you're being treated. So don't worry. And, and so that's what happens. It's just um, Kobe, Clark, and his sister go to this press conference and explain how they're being subjugated. But what they don't know is while all of them are at this like summit meeting or whatever, mm -hmm. where they come from, their home, their tribe, like everyone's left there. And now the people that remain are being attacked. They're being ransacked again by the enemy tribe's yeah. uh, henchmen. Because they know most of the people are gone. So now they're here like burning down their buildings and homes and shooting anybody that is still there. And now Clark, like with his like supervision, like he can see this from my hundreds of miles away or whatever. Yeah. And like he like he's like no choice. I can't hide my powers right now. And he like flies over to save them. Yeah, takes the sister along to uh you know tend to the people and when they get there he is just like stopping all the the fire um all of the the bullets getting flung at the people and he looks like they, just the fire is like rolling off his body he looks like yeah. almost like a monster but he he's angrier right now that they're doing this right there's a homage here to the first superman cover yeah where superman saves somebody by like picking up their car but this is the reverse he's stopping the bad guys by picking up their car like the same way but like throwing it down into the ground instead of like catching it like crashing it down yeah <laughs> yeah that's yeah. so that was really cool so he's he's really angry right now right he's doing everything he can to stop them but while he is gone uh kobe while he's doing his press conference he's getting arrested by the police and i think they are being controlled by the other tribe and so um all of the people are angry they're like let him talk let him speak his word let let it get out but in all this hubbub, he is knifed by an assailant. Yeah, somebody pulls a knife that's next to him and stabs him. And Clark is Clark is heading back now. Yeah. And he's flying from the sky. Like, there's no hiding it. He has powers, right? Yeah. But when he lands, he does like a, almost like a widespread heat vision uh, that destroys everyone's camera lenses. <laughs> so they don't get a picture of him. They can't have proof that he's there flying, right? Yeah. Um, and he lands, but it's too late. Like Kobe is bleeding out on the ground. Mm -hmm. The sister cries over him and Clark just takes the guy that knifed him and he's just barking at him like, who did this? Who told you to do this? And uh, that killer just points out the leader of the other tribe right. and just confesses that he ordered the hit on Kobe. Mm -hmm. And so um, it came to light that he, was, he would do anything to get Kobe out of the picture. And so uh, Clark kind of cries as 
realize uh he realizes Kobe's gone. Yes, it's kind of a touching scene here because like he's watching Kobe like lose his life, mm-hmm. and I don't know, is this like a Superman power that I haven't seen before? But he can literally see like the aura around him fade away as he dies. Yeah, I I think it's a new thing. Yeah, they just uh, I know especially like the Golden Age, mm-hmm. they would just throw random powers at him. <laughs> they just give him whatever. He literally can do anything. Yeah. Uh, so this is uh, I get playing with that. Not really. I don't know if it's useful, but um, it's a cool effect. I'd say that. And there, what this comic also does is sometimes it'd be a snippet, like a whole page from a newspaper explaining what happened. Mm-hmm. With uh, Kobe gone, the sister became like a temporary political figure, and now she's leading their people. Right. And so that was a, a little journey that Clark went on in Africa, and he decides to return to Kansas uh, at the farm and sees that his dad Jonathan Kent is having trouble lifting stuff so Clark just goes ahead and moves all the stuff instantly and uh, Jonathan's super happy to see his son back home the mom Martha Kent yeah she is now like a blogger (laughs) (laughs) I thought this was funny because she's on the computer and she's on like UFO forums yeah because I think obviously she believes in extraterrestrial her son is an alien yeah so I thought that was cool. Like she's a conspiracy theorist in a way, but in a con- like a correct, good, a good one. Yeah, like a correct one. Like <laughs> she's the I'm the only one that knows for sure. Um, but but I thought that was cool. She's like on like UFO websites and aliens, trying to look up if there's anything to do with Kryptonians or where Clark came from. And it's finally like a reunion with him and his mom. I don't think he's seen her in like months. Yeah, and she's greeting him. Um, and she's like catching him up on like the Smallville gossip. Yeah. And like how, um, I guess Lana has like moved on. That's, that's, I'm guessing they're like girlfriend, boyfriend in high school. Yeah, right. right. Smallville. And then Lex also has left Smallville and has started his own company in Metropolis. Oh. And they're alluding to like there was some drama about Lex and Clark before, I guess, before Clark left. Right. We, we know they've... Uh, known each other before, right? Yeah, so, it, big deal. There's a a pin on the wall that they're trying to elude that there used to be a picture of them there. Oh, so obviously they were friends before, but not anymore. Like best friends. Yeah. Was their friendship, you know, before they were ever superhero, supervillain enemies? Was that a big thing before the Smallville TV show? No. Yeah. You like, said this came out in 2003. Yeah. Yeah. This is right in the heart of Smallville show. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you like that change? Did you ever think that was weird? It's good for the show. I, I mean, don't know if I like it in the comic book. They basically needed it for the show if they're going to have the Lex character at all. Yeah. And if you were to really dissect it, the show starts when Clark is entering high school. So as a freshman. Yeah. And Lex <laughs> is like 25. 25. Very so weird. So he's hanging out with like a 14 year old <laughs> and all his friends are also 14. <laughs> <laughs> He saved his life though. So Yeah. But I mean like weird. He drives a Porsche around Smallville and he hangs out with high schoolers. Like the youngest high schoolers. <laughs> He's starting high school? Huh? You're telling me what's his name? What's the guy who's the, who's the actor that plays him? I forget. Yeah, that guy is playing a freshman. Tom Welling. Tom Welling is playing a freshman at the start of Smallville. He's Superman. <laughs> Yeah, oh my god. Yeah. What I th- thought was strange cuz that that show eventually I fall off. <laughs> what up fellow teenagers? <laughs> Uh, I was really into it for like first four seasons maybe. Yeah. But I, I fell out because it started to change. And I really thought it was not going to be a good show anymore when like they started the main, the friend character, the girl. Oh, yeah. She started like recruiting people for a sex cult. <laughs> I was like, come on, CW. That's like a little outside of Superman's. I don't remember that from the comics. <laughs> 
<laughs> You're being a little bit too laissez-faire about this. Yeah. And then it started to bleed into real life. Yeah. <laughs> but I heard Lex has a pretty successful podcast now. Okay. <laughs> um, just quickly. Remember that Crisis on... Yeah. No, it's not Crisis on Infinite. It's whatever the big CW crossover was. Yeah. In the Arrowverse. Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And then Tom Welling came back to do like a clip scene. Yeah, a little cameo. So that alludes to like that Smallville show. They went to that universe, right? I guess so. So uh, in the clip, it's revealed that he gave up his powers. He has no powers. Anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. In the show. Can Superman do that? Can he just stop and then just give up his powers? Uh, he they, He's done that in a comic before. I know that for sure. Like, How does he? He, he, do, he does that so that he, could, <laughs> so that he could have sex with Lois Lane. Yeah. Yeah. Because she would die if he just went all the way. I guess so. Yeah. But how does he just not have powers? It's space stuff. There's like a whole thing. He he could just turn it off. It's like a, a temporary thing. It looks like a rumspringer for him. <laughs> you know. <laughs> All right. It's like a little temporary thing. It's not a whole whole life thing. Okay. I don't I don't know how. I think it's something to do with something on a ship. Something you grab from oh, a really? ship. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Like a, like a right. space. I was thing. just I wondering. Know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, okay, so then they're catching up. Uh, it's weird. He's been gone for like seven years. He left when he was 18. He's 25 now. Yeah. So he's just been out and about being a freelance journalist. And it seems like Clark has a plan now coming back home. He's asking for that rocket ship that brought him back here, right? Back to, brought him to Earth. So I'm, I'm assuming the dad buried it under the barn. Yeah. And Clark just rips it out of the ground, like destroying the floor of the barn. <laughs> it's not a big deal. <laughs> I guess he can fix it really quick. Yeah, in an instant. Um, he pulls it out and he's looking for the the blanket that wrapped him in uh, when he was a baby. Yeah. And he sees the that Hope logo, the S, the Superman symbol. Yeah. And he knows this means something to him. He looks at the stuff. It's like it didn't age a single day. Like it doesn't look rusty or anything like that. Yeah. So he realizes he needs like this material if he's ever going to use it for clothing that he's planning to yeah. use it for. So he grabs all of that fabric and then he gives it to his mom he's like i have an idea do you still have the sewing machine yeah and so she pulls that out and he has drawings of what we know as a like a superman superhero costume to wear uh and so she's making the design but jonathan kent the dad is still thinking like he's always in the background like kind of sad like yeah. seeing his son trying to go back to his roots when he saw him as his son as like Almost like his human son, right? Right. And he's also scared that because he's embracing his his original family more. Yeah. Because um, obviously he wants to like use his powers for good and help people. But I think Jonathan Kent is scared of that. He's scared of letting his son be exposed to the world. Because he's looking at markings of like, has, you know, when you mark your height on the wall. Oh, yeah. And he's like, I can't believe my son is not this boy anymore. Mm -hmm. And I can't protect him from the world anymore. Kind of. You could never protect him. You're a human. He's an alien. <laughs> superheroes <laughs> but he just doesn't want to let go of him yet yeah yeah he's it, it also feels like clark is picking up on this like his dad is being cold to him for some reason right right and uh clark shows a tablet to his mom and like the, the cool costumes these kryptonians wear uh and honestly it looks so cool it almost looks like dune stuff like they're like this yeah. established family and they're high tech and everything super cool yeah there's like um splash pages of what their costumes would look like in technology and stuff yeah 
Yeah. Um, it reminds me of like Destiny, maybe. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah like very uh, cool sci-fi equipment, heavy look to everything. Uh, pretty cool when a comic book artist draws it. I want a comic book of this. Of this of Kryptonian yeah. world. I'm sure there is stories about Krypton, but like specifically this look looks cool. I, I would want, I'd read that. Yeah, for sure. I wonder if, I wonder if that's ever been successful like kryptonian comic book series um and so the mom and uh and clark are trying to set up this whole new costume for him to wear and when uh jonathan the dad is alone with the the rocket in the barn he gets angry and out of nowhere takes a sledgehammer and wails on the rocket because he's angry at what's going on with his son right and he dumbly like hits it so hard that the whole barn falls like on top of him like it's falling down the whole building and so clark just swoops in out of nowhere and grabs his dad and they go flying off into the sky he's literally holding him like a baby yeah like you hold a toddler like you put your hands in their armpits his own dad him up he's doing that to his dad while they're like floating in the sky uh, and jonathan's like I-, I don't know why i did that you could put me down now but clark is like why did you do that dad that makes no sense like what what's why you've been so off this whole time and as they go down to the barn uh, the dad explains like, well, it just feels so bad that you're kind of choosing, like, I thought I raised you as my son and you're choosing against me in yeah. a way when, in, in all this, like you're choosing your alien past and, uh, it kind of just hurts his soul, right? Like he thought he did a good job being a father this right. whole time. And then he looks at some photos of the wall of his, of his dad. Yeah. And his dad too left his family after high school like he joined the military saw the world and and fought like yeah in wars and now clark is saying like i'm just like you like i want to help the the people all over the world so he's like leaving and he can do good so like in a way he is like um just like jonathan kent he thought he did the exact same thing this whole time and jonathan didn't see it the way like it's he's kind of realizing he was following his in his footsteps this yeah. whole time uh and then the mom explains like okay so you're gonna wear a mask with your costume right but he decides not to he's just gonna be a blank face because the people need to see him right and uh if they're ever gonna trust him just see his face right he believes um masks are like disguises of dishonesty right right like like earlier there was a guy that shot the place was wearing a mask right and so the mom makes him uh like you have to act in a different way if you're ever gonna have like this dual persona right right he, he like explains you have to like slump your shoulders you have to kind of dress less uh sporty or whatever right you have to be a little bit nerdier she makes him wear a sweater and a dress coat like yeah. layers sports coat because yeah. like if you just wear a t-shirt everyone can see your muscles oh, yeah. like you're you're built like superman right right <laughs> you, have to, you have to hide it all you right? gotta like be schlumpier <laughs> you gotta slouch you gotta uh, be softer spoken right be like almost whisper right yeah and so um then one last thing is the mom takes jonathan's glasses and puts it on clark he's like okay that's the perfect thing it'll hide your your blue eyes and it'll make you just kind of make you fade into uh everybody right like people will not recognize you as much and so it'll hide your identity a bit more they're just trying to excuse away the that whole thing like superman doesn't wear a mask and no one no one knows it's clark Uh, and so he, he goes on to his first day of work of real not freelance journalism but being hired at the daily planet it's funny because like we're 85 pages into the book now yeah and we finally get like the title splash screen <laughs> Yeah, Superman birthright. It's like, you're finally starting the story. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's 
uh, going to go meet up with um, the editor right now to see if he's actually going to take him on. He's not sure yet if he's going to keep Clark with the Daily Planet or not. Um, he's It's really like a job interview, right? And so he's like in the middle of the mix of all of the reporters on the office floor of this Daily yeah, Planet. The bullpen. Is that what it's called? That's usually what it's called, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's it's loud and he, he sees it this big thing. First time he's really there and he's impressed, right? Except he sees one of the bosses just throw trash on this random, uh, you know, low-level guy. We know that the guy uh, is Jimmy Olsen is being like bullied by this one boss character, like senior reporter guy. Yeah, uh, Clark thinks is that Perry White? No, it's this other like publisher of the company, and right. he just realizes Jimmy Olsen's being like bullied right now. Right, but to step up for him is Lois Lane. Yeah, she's like, don't treat him like that or whatever, and she tries to like clean Jimmy up, and. And this automatically, like, Clark is, like, attracted to this. Just enamored and sees, like, oh, I think I'm in love. <laughs> and so uh, he does the, the, he tries intentionally to meet Lois Lane, like, says, oh, hi, hello, I'm Clark Kent. And uh, Lois is, explains, like, oh, you're Clark Kent. You're the one that wrote about that uh, African tribe. And yeah. uh, just meeting you, it seems so off from the way you write. You write so confidently and kind of stern. You're so, like, meek and, <laughs> like, mousy, right? Um, you know who would pull this off really well is obviously it's Christopher Reeves. Oh yeah. When you watch those old movies and he's Clark Kent, it, he's like a different person. Really? Yeah. Oh, maybe I need to watch those. Never seen any of them in total. Okay. What are they good? Because you always yeah, said they're, they're just too old. They are very old. Yeah. But you have to watch them. You yeah. have to watch the first two. First two. Yeah. They the, get worse and worse. Does Does three <laughs> and four go like the the Rocky route where it's like they they get like I don't know they fight Russians whatever like does it go like wild off. Of the yeah, I'm not like drop the shark, um, but just like less good. <laughs> okay, and then because um, I think like what happens is they get more silly towards the later ones, which then is what made the Batman movies kind of silly. Oh, really? Later. You're like, oh, this is what comic book movies are like. And like Adam West Batman is like campy. So when Schumacher took over Batman from Tim Burton, he's like, that's the Batman I remember. It's like campy and silly. Mm. So that's what I'm going to make my Batman movies. And that was wrong. That could have been the end of Batman, you think? <laughs> could, could that ever have been the end of all superhero comics? He's the greatest Batman movies? villain? Yes. Yeah, Schumacher? <laughs> the Schumacher. <laughs> Okay, so uh, after that, uh, Clark uh, leaves to the office of Perry White and finally uh, has a meeting with him. And Perry is really hesitant to hire this kind of quiet guy. He sees reporters and he needs to be confident, be able to tell the truth and mm-hmm. be open to say about it and everything while Clark is like just looking at his shoes the whole time. And uh, out of nowhere, you know, Clark like bursts out of this this whole actor performance he's trying to put on mm-hmm. of being quiet and says like, I believe in what you have to say. I have to be at the forefront of the truth and be able to be part of that and Perry's like oh wow the little cat can roar right yeah I think he was laying it on too thick of being like opposite of what he is right right and he almost but then he is almost over too confident that he he let out his identity or whatever like it'd be too too many clues and so he reigns it back in again and then Perry's like I don't I don't know if I can have you on board really this might not work Um, and then Clark yells out at at Perry's like get down get down like and Perry's like yelling won't work that's not what I'm looking for when from the window we see this helicopter come like like this like automated drone helicopter come shooting up the building and apparently these are like these helicopters that are all throughout Metropolis right now yeah that are like protecting the people because uh nowadays it's like like t- 
terrorism is all over Metropolis for some reason. And so this thing got um, went haywire and is attacking people, is attacking specifically the Daily Planet. It's like the whole floor is being gunned down. So everyone's in danger and Clark has no choice. It's the good old like rip the shirt open to reveal the Superman logo. For sure, yeah. And he's going to try to save them. But also Lois is trying to save people. And she runs up to the full, the roof of the building mm-hmm. where they have a helicopter. The Daily Planet has a helicopter. I think do news, newspapers have that, right? Do they? The newspapers don't have readers. They have helicopters. <laughs> this is 2030. <laughs> Um, and this shows that she has like experience too because she grabs Jimmy she's like bring your camera and Jimmy's like who's gonna fly she's like I am so she Uh has like experience in this stuff because I think in the comics her dad is like a general or something like that oh that's right yeah yeah so like Lois is yeah she's trained she knows how to fly a helicopter and they go flying off when uh, they get a little bit too close to one of these helicopters shooting up a a restaurant high up uh, on a skyscraper and um, it almost looks like they're gonna crash Jimmy falls out of the helicopter and the the helicopter is going haywire the the propellers are shot up and they're crashing down to the ground but who's there to save them is superman finally clark kent is like full on superman like in costume mm-hmm. and it's a full like double page spread of him like he's grabbed jimmy by the le- leg on yeah. one hand and lifting the entire helicopter on the other hand with lois inside and so that shows the gleaming power of of superman as a float on down to the ground and uh, drop them down gingerly. His, uh, like Lois leaves a, a business card for, for her to like interview Superman in the future possibly. And as she's so impressed and wants to know more about this this guy, this hero, whoever this is in, in blue, red, and yellow. And I think he's kind of like smitten by this. Like he's like, noise. Hell yeah. I got it in. <laughs> <laughs> as he flies off to like handle the rest of the attacking helicopters. And so he attacks them and he grabs some like like the black box of one of the helicopters, like some of the equipment. Mm-hmm. As he's like examining it, he's looking for a trace of where it's coming from. Um, we come to realize these helicopters have been uh, hacked. They're n- they were never, you know, they were obviously never meant to attack random people. So they've been hacked by something. And he's trying to trace where this hack is coming from. I like this when he uses his, um, I don't know what you call it, long distance vision power. Mm-hmm. His eyes kind of turn like all blue oh. just to show that he's using this power. And it's like from across the city because we can see the person in the Empire State Building style building and he's all the way on the other side of the city. But when he looks that way, it's almost like a close-up shot of who it is and it's Lex Luthor. Obviously, yeah. He just races down there flying, zooming past and just almost like so fast is in the office of Lex Luthor as uh, Lex, this businessman, is just staring this guy down uh, like, how dare you trespass into my space? Um, and he's like barking at him like, ah, I, you're going to want to turn around now. Like Lex is like, I'll figure out how you made, how your super suit you're wearing, what, whatever thing you're, gravi- anti-gravitational power you're, you're generating from technology. Like I, I'll sue you for everything and take it from you and I'll take it and use it for myself. You notice like Superman has to kind of like stay in the shadow a little bit. Yeah. And hide his face because he knows Lex. Clark knows Lex. Right. So is this forever? (laughs) All the time? Does he always have to hide his face when he's Superman? I don't know. (laughs) 
Um, and and uh, his henchmen uh, barge into there. The bodyguards of Lex try and shoot up Superman, but uh, Clark just like incinerates all of their guns with his heat vision. And Lex is like, "Oh wow, you have heat vision out of your eyes too? What is doing that? Like, what kind of technology?" Right. He, he doesn't, doesn't believe know. like he can do all these things. He just thinks it's like some type of device or whatever is doing all right. this. And then before the henchmen can really attack Superman, Lois and Jimmy show up, and it's like flip of the script. Now it's like Lex pretends like he's friends with Superman and yeah. he, he's helping him save the city, right? And Superman's just like, what? he doesn't want to like deny it in front of everybody, but he's like, his arms are crossed. He's like, I can't believe you're doing this. He's being, ang- he's like angry right now. Uh, Jimmy's snapping some pictures of everything and Lois is trying to get the story when the bodyguards, these pounce on Jimmy and take his gun and they're about to wail on Jimmy, right? When Superman out of nowhere just stops them cold as and, and uh, is able to get Jimmy and Lois out of the way. But the his camera's gone. That had all the photos of everything. He's kind of like, ah, oh, dang it. What, how, sorry, Lois. I, I wasn't able to get the shots. We were finally going to get Lex. We're, we knew he was bad, but these pictures could have, you know, broke the story. Right. So Superman knows what he's doing. Like, he's hiding evidence that he is who he is. Yeah. And so Lois does eventually write the story and explains that this super strong man, this flying guy in, in, in this tidy white costume <laughs> saves the day, made Lex look like a like a wimp and embarrassed him and so this broke the the broke news like a big expose in lex and boost the the career of lois right now she's gonna stay with the daily planet and she also apparently has a new partner this guy clark kent is uh, also being introduced <laughs> into uh the fold and is being partnered up with lois perry's like oh yeah this clark guy he broke the story on uh, the where that technology was taken from, and um, he's like he, because obviously Superman had that that black box or whatever technology. Right. It broke the story of how it was militarily uh, hacked and and um all these the helicopters and the rampage they did. And so Lois like, okay, fine, Smallville, you're you're on the crew, right? And so right. we're gonna end it there. Superman's got his job, both jobs now, journalist and superhero. Yeah, this is pretty much where every other Superman story picks up after. Yeah. But I really enjoyed the stuff like pre-Superman, like he's in Africa. Yeah. Like he's learning more about the world. It's not just Metropolis. And he is like a hero for the entire earth. And he gets a hero that I think was a surprise to me, right? Like he this Clark travel in Africa, I think I don't think it's been done before. Mm-hmm. I can't I haven't read a lot of super, uh, Superman, but I think it has been done before. And so that little time period where he's learning to be in his career out of school or whatever, but yeah. learning how to learning morals or learning what it is to be who he will become. I want more of that. Mm-hmm. Because like there's little bits of that where he they're showing where he goes around the world, and he's like a reporter, so he's just dictating what's happening, but he's not helping people. Mm-hmm. But he sees other people helping people, people that don't have powers are sacrificing their lives to help people. So I think that's where he learns like I have to do everything I can because I'm if they're doing it, why am I not doing it? Totally right. I yeah. mean, he's impenetrable. Yes, he's a super. He's superman. He's selfish for not doing this years ago. <laughs> I, I, in a way, yeah, it was his parents, you know, decision to like. Like, you know, you have to keep quiet. They're going to 
they're gonna experiment on you if they figure it out and yeah. i think he's come to realize now's the time to actually make the change mm-hmm. and uh, make the shift and be a hero um so i thought that approach to it where um it's kind of like the empty moments in his timeline i thought that was a perfect way to tell his origin story again yeah but not rehash it so much yeah and i really enjoyed the visual designs of krypton yeah i've never seen krypton look like that before and i wish there was more of that um yeah i i like that a lot like it's not the boring one from the man of steel that looks yeah. like everyone looks the same in this i was gonna he say rides like a weird looking dragon thing and you like man of steel uh, in, in whole as a whole i like the idea of it but um i don't like the story of it yeah his like this period in that clark kent's life he was yeah. like a fisherman right like like a yeah. deadliest catch guy yes just not why why be that i don't get the decisions in some of the some of the decisions in that movie yeah there's some parts that it just is too convenient for me oh yeah like he travels the world and he just stumbles upon a kryptonian ship that is buried there oh yeah i was like oh that's really what led him there nothing like, yeah right next to megatron come on <laughs> Come on, man. Um, but yeah, th- this Origins is, is a lot better. Yeah, Superman Birthright. I thought it was a really, really awesome. I, 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 Superman's kind of that thing where he's like too much of like the golden boy. It could be kind of yeah. boring at certain times. He's just overpowered or whatever. But it's these moments where like the morals or whatever and leading up to that, I thought super awesome. Mm. Well, I want more of that. And that was only four out of the 12 issues. I might read on the whole thing. So yep. uh, yeah, if you guys are interested, read on to it more. That was Superman Birthright. Right, let's get into side stories. As we mentioned earlier, it's the NBA playoffs. All right. You love it, right? Yeah, that's my side story. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. So um, the thing about NBA playoffs is you don't know in advance who's going to make it. And um, depending on which team advances and what seeding they are determines when and where they're going to play these games. Do you get it? Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it wasn't for sure yet that the Warriors were going to advance and who they would face. But it lined up so that they would have to play a game this past Saturday uh, at their home core, which is Chase Center in San Francisco. Right. But there was already an event planned on that date. So that got had to get moved because uh, Warriors trumps that. <laughs> that makes sense. Okay. What was the event? The event was a comedy show um, headlined by uh, Joe Coy. Yeah. I think it was called the Funny Worldwide Tour, I think it was called. Funny is funny. Funny is funny? Yeah. Okay. Where did I get worldwide from? It's a tour. Okay. Uh, So he had to move his show that was originally on Saturday to Thursday night. Yeah. And yeah. I think people were people that had tickets did not know till Thursday morning that, that your ticket has been moved to today. Yeah. So that was kind of lousy, but it benefited me and you. <laughs> Because uh, we got to go. Yeah. My coworker had tickets, but she was planning to go on Saturday, but she couldn't anymore. Dang. So she sold me her tickets. But I'm glad that your friend couldn't go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, yeah, it was pretty dope. I, Joe Coy is a comedian that I super love. Yeah. I, there's another layer on it because I'm Filipino. I don't know about right. you, brother, but I'm Filipino. I'm part, and, yeah. <laughs> and so it, I can relate to his his jokes, pretty much all of them. Have you ever um, been to a stand-up show that big? Like, it's like an arena. No, no. Those, again, at the Chase Center. Yeah. So it's still kind of wild to me that so many... I, stand-up is fun, but it's kind of just crazy that so many people will go to a show just for stand-up, like that That big. big. Yeah, I know. I've seen it on TV, but those are like specials, right? It makes sense. Right, yeah. Like the Kevin Hart's. 
Yeah, uh, there's not a lot of stand-ups, I think, right now that could sell out multiple arenas yeah. throughout the U.S. that like would merit a tour. Like, If you just go one place where you're very popular, maybe you could sell out an arena, but not across the country. And he's he's one of them. Yeah, for sure. I, um, he's he's doing it big for us right now. He's yes. the guy, I think. I think he's going to be the most famous Filipino. Right, I yeah. Because right Manny Pacquiao's not, he's not boxing. He's retired. Yeah. He's he's writing his next special first. Right, yeah. Manny Pacquiao. We're, the, we're right under him, Joe Coy, but uh, he's <laughs> on top. <laughs> it goes Jokoi, Reader Copy Podcast, Manny Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao. If Manny Pacquiao was still boxing, he'd be second, but he's not. He's so. not, so. There yeah. you go. Thanks, Manny. Yeah. <laughs> we beat Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> well, there's two of us. You think the two of us? No. But there's two of us. <laughs> no. His, his thing is defense, don't you know? Yeah, so, so you, we, we, we sandwich him. <laughs> He would sandwich us. I think he would defeat us. For <laughs> that fast? <laughs> two, two boxing gloves coming from left and right. He, like We would sandwich him right. Yeah. And then we would punch at the same time. And he's so fast that he would dodge that we would hit each other. <laughs> it's like some Three Stooges stuff. <laughs> we would still get like a million dollars. Yeah. Considering how much how rich he gets, how much money he gets. Yeah. We need to rework our deal. <laughs> I would do so it. So that we could play the Chase Center if we could fight there. Oh, that home court advantage. Home court, there you go. When the Warriors don't win. Uh, <laughs> but Joko, that, how, how funny was that? It was a great time because I've seen him before, um, before he was huge, before any of his Netflix specials. So before like um, that big Netflix special live in Seattle. Before that. I think he had one special and it was on Comedy Central. And it wasn't uh, it wasn't just doing as big as that one did no, for him. No, yeah. Right. So I I've seen him once. I actually got his autograph there. Oh, really? Yeah. That's kind of cool. So um, it was at Cobb's Comedy Club in San Francisco, which is, you know, like a regular size comedy club. What is it? Yeah. Hold? Like 200 people, maybe. Mm-hmm. This arena holds like thousands. I heard they play basketball games there. Yes. <laughs> on on Saturdays. <laughs> uh, there was, yeah, we were just like in the crowd. There was at one point. Uh, not to spoil it, but like where he had people like put their lights up in the in the air, like it's like a it felt like a concert at a certain point, <laughs> yeah, right? So yeah. it's just a big event where everyone's feeling in right, you're like in the mood or like a part of it. Our seats were pretty good too, like lower level, yeah, not not on the floor, but like close to the floor. We're maybe on the opposite side of the arena, but we're I felt like we're close still because it was so low, like we're yeah. pretty uh, lower seats. Yeah, yeah. So very fun time, and it. It was longer than I expected. Yeah, I think he was, he just said, he mentioned he finished his special. So he's like, it's one of those events where he's like trying to write on the spot. Right. You, get you more material. Get more material. Yeah. So it pretty, yeah. pretty worked out that way. I think it led for more organic laughs. In right. The end. Yeah. Also like um, his movie, he has a movie coming out on Netflix. Yeah. And the trailer was released like the same day we went. Easter Sunday. Yeah. So I think, and it takes place like locally here. The yeah. movie takes place there. Yeah. So I think he's like. Maybe showing more love by like doing longer set here. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he, he's kind of in his element in a way. Right. It's yeah. the name of his, one of his other specials. I know. <laughs> um, but he did a lot of crowd work, which was, I think, hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a, I mean, that's things that comedians do all the time, crowd work. Yeah. But it's kind of hard to make it feel organic, I think, where it's, it's right. obvious, where it's not obvious they're just trying to work on stuff. Yeah. Sometimes people do crowd work, but with their response to the what the crowd says is just a general response so it could work for anything yeah yeah his is like you know very personalized i think yeah jokes and that's that's the key to it i think yeah we're, we're like breaking down stand-up comedy like 
it's like math or something right now. But I, I thought it was super cool. Um, I just like his story, right? Like, do you know this like Netflix thing? That first live in Seattle, he was like bringing it, proposing it to like everybody, like all the different studios, uh-huh. Netflix even, to like, you know, buy his special. And yeah. then he, no one would want to buy it. So he just put up his own money into it right? to make this special, like all the production. And so he said like, at that point, he was dead broke after right. like financing the special. And then um, Netflix saw it and thought, saw it was good. So then they said, yeah, we'll buy it. And then it launched his career to obviously gigantic heights after that. Right. Well, how, do you, cool. how much do you think he had to front? I don't know. How much do uh, comedy specials cost? You think like 50 grand? I, th- I think more. More? Yeah. Wow. Uh, he's really risking everything. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. imagine that. Um, I, that's just a, it's just a cool story to me. Yeah. I had a fantastic time. Yeah, no doubt. What do you think of the arena? Um, Because that's a brand, pretty brand new arena. Oh, is it? It's like 20, 2019, I think it was the first year it opened. Um, And then was I, barely used in 2020. <laughs> Uh, right, right. Uh, I don't know how to compare it to other arenas because I don't pay attention <laughs> when I'm in an arena. Okay, never mind. Uh, like, what do you think about it? I think it's very nice. Is it worth it? Because did we? Is the last arena that we, we moved there? Right? Was the last arena that crappy? It's older. It's a lot older. You could you feel it when you're in the atmosphere? Because I, I don't know if it was run down. It was just you know kind of weird. Older. You know what's weird is in the old arena, I only had seats in the upper level. Oh, okay. And uh, and then now the new arena, which is way more expensive to make it to make it and to like go there oh is it to, yeah the prices um i've only been there twice and they're both lower level oh okay <laughs> so it's weird what, do you think the the prices you got for these tickets were way cheaper than yeah i got deals okay first okay. off um thank you to my coworker, but thank you yeah uh i thank you from me it was last minute so i paid less than face value okay and then the first time i went there was for a warriors preseason game preseason yeah so tickets are super cheap and i was like well then if they're this cheap i'm just gonna pay really close were so they like, even there and what's what does preseason mean like do they have a game but it doesn't count as their yeah is that what that is it a scrimmage <laughs> technically yeah okay you don't know what preseason means it's before the season yeah yeah but do you know what else that entails like the season comes after that okay <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I had a great time. So good. The the headliners were well. One of them was not bad. The openers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. The openers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's the name? King King Bach yeah. Batch was one of them. He's more yeah. of just an internet guy. He was all right. But the follow okay. guy. Yeah, it was like Joey something. The Diaz or something like that. Yeah. He was pretty dang funny. I've seen him in other stuff, mm-hmm. but this is the first time I've like seen him just do stand up, and it was hilarious. I think he's in the that Easter Sunday movie too. Yeah. Which apparently is a uh, uh, produced by Steven Spielberg, which is like wow, oh, wow. that's a big deal. I wonder if um, Rufio had anything to do with that. Dante Bosco? Yeah. Are they close together? Oh, did he He's direct hooked. it? Did it hook? Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I would be willing to bet there's no a way. connection there. He got him uh, a meeting. That was that was <laughs> decades ago that was made. Do you think they talk on the regular? Or I'm still talking about Rufio. He's still in pop culture. <laughs> okay. I know more is Prince Zuko from uh, <laughs> Last Airbender. Okay. So that's what I know him from. All right. Um, that's not the only big event we went to. That's right. That's right. The real thing I want to talk about, obviously, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Okay. Next entry in the MCU. Uh, pretty big deal. Kind of a crux moment for the MCU timeline. Yes. Um, I don't want to ruin anything yet, so we'll go non-spoilery. That's right. In the first part. 
and then we'll let you know when we get into spoilers after that. But first off, uh, initial thoughts, non-spoilery. What did you think of the movie? I really liked it. Me too. I really, really liked it. It was amazing. I think the um, visuals are a big jump from the first Doctor Strange. And it's or- that movie already was trying to be trippy and crazy, yeah. but this had more of a direction to that. Yeah, this takes it beyond what the first one did. Yeah. It's obviously a new director, Sam Raimi, and he brought his- <laughs> new, direct- new director at MCU. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying he didn't direct the first one. No. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he definitely brought his style into Doctor Strange. When I saw that style, the Sam Raimi-ness in it, yeah. I was smiling ear to ear. Yeah. Because you could just, you notice it and you're like, oh man, this this feels like when I first started getting into superhero movies, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously because of the Spider-Man stuff. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, cool. Go, oh, keep going. Awesome. <laughs> um, if it, there's some scenes where I like... This feels like a Doctor Strange cameo in a Spider-Man movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? In the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. Okay. Um, I yeah, very much enjoyed it. Um, I'll say the acting, I, I, Benedict Cumberbatch acting to me is just good enough. Mm. Like I don't think he's an amazing actor, but I'm not disappointed in his acting. It's just like cool. Yeah, I'm I'm willing to keep going with whatever he has to offer. But I don't think he's like a standout actor, top notch actor. No. I never finished Sherlock and I think that's where his best acting is. Probably, yeah. Right. With him, with the look of Doctor Strange with like the white streaks on the side of his head and yeah. the kind of interesting facial hair, mm-hmm. it still looks like a costume. Like he's not Doctor it's, Strange. Yes. Especially there's a scene in the beginning where he's yeah. like very clean cut and I'm like, it's too much. Like you look painted on. Exactly the moment I'm talking about. Yeah. 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 So. But at least at least it's just that. Like the rest of the movie looks pretty like in the world it is like real. Yeah. Yeah. I. It's this thing again where like I feel like Sam Raimi is such a comic book fan. Like uh-huh. he knew what this the character is trying to portray. Yeah. Um, And like him making it. He's a horror director, right? With Evil right. Dead. So he's going for that type of. Uh, I think that's what they called him for. Yes. There's definitely elements of like his style in it like um like if we're talking about evil dead and uh, there's another horror movie did i think it's like the devil inside is that what it's called or let the let the evil in or something like that let me in something like that yeah he did he directed that he did something i don't know if it's that one but squish a couple of more words (laughs) that sound like that he did a movie like that um the funny thing is i watched uh army of darkness for the first time a couple weeks ago oh really yeah because i've watched i I, for some reason every once in a while i watch them i watched evil dead then i watched uh evil dead 2 I watched Army of Darkness for the first time, okay. and it's the best one. It's so funny. But yeah, because it totally just goes to comedy. It's great. Yeah, that's awesome. It's, it's so- almost like, why is this connected to the first two? Yeah. Bruce Campbell <laughs> is great in those. It's the, the obviously, like, the theming around it. It's almost like uh, the, the medieval aspect. Super cool. All right. So good. Um, I would say this, there's two ways you could go with comic book movies. Oh, okay. I feel like you could sway a little bit more towards realism. Right. And you could sway towards more very comic booky. And I think this is a very comic booky. One of the most comic booky movies I've ever seen. Um, Like, I would say like Infinity War is very comic booky and like Spider-Man 2 is very comic booky. And this is on par with those. Do you think it's more comic booky than Spider-Man 2? Maybe more because you kind of have to like... 
I would say like you'd still enjoy it if you're not a comic book fan. Yeah. But if you are a comic book fan, you'll like it even more. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it, it is these MC movies. They're they are just like big blockbuster movies where any passerby will just look at it and see the spectacle of it and can enjoy that. Yeah. But the comic bookiness is what's got me there, like mm-hmm. laughing, so, like not smiling so hard. Yeah. Another thing I really enjoyed and like help help the entertainment value of it and like the epicness of this movie. Yeah. Was the music really? Yeah. Oh, okay. No. I was, when I was watching the movie, I'm like, some of these scenes, the grandness of the buildup of the music is like, it's like Star Wars level of like crescendo almost. Wow. Okay. And I'm like, wow, this is great. Some of the best music in all of MCU. You're talking about like um, the score of it the or, score or, or, of sound, it. or different score. songs? Okay. No, because there's, there's not really like music music. Yeah. In, you know yeah, what I mean? Was wondering. They're not, it's not like a soundtrack. I'm talking about the score, mm-hmm. right? Like like Star Wars. Um, yeah. And I was like, man, this is great. And then that, then I learned at the end credits that- um, it's Danny Elfman. Yeah. So I was like, that's why it's so good. Uh, are you a big Danny Elfman fan? He's one of the best, of uh, course. Of, of uh, scoring stuff? Yeah. I, I, didn't he like start off? He's a Tim Burton guy, right? Like they work together a lot. Right. And start off, like, he worked on Batman, right? Yeah. Okay. So it definitely fits that style too. Um, so I think it's one of the best parts of the movie is the score. You know what? Um, I heard, I think he did like Coachella recently. Okay. Like, like I didn't know scores, like movie scores go to Coachella. And I heard like one of uh, our relatives went, to I think Coachella and their favorite one was Hans Zimmer that was their favorite act they saw oh really yeah yeah because they're just doing all the his songs from the movies did he, he did like interstellar yeah I think does he do like I don't does he doesn't he do like some of the like DC stuff yeah he does like Dark Knight yeah so stuff like that yeah I mean I thought that was kind of cool I never knew that would be uh, such a fun experience I know there's a lot of you know composers out there for movies but like the big big ones there's like three <laughs> yeah yeah is Danny Elfman one he's like the weird one I right? think he's one of the top three wow Zimmer and then um Star Wars guy I forgot his name <laughs> yeah 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 I know, I know what you're talking about. He did like Harry Potter, right? Maybe, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I would say like, if you're not a comic book fan, you could still enjoy this movie, but uh, yeah, you're going to enjoy it a whole lot if you are. I had my gripes watching the trailers and oh, I think yeah? those just kind of evaporated slowly as I continued on with the movie. Okay. So that's, that's all I'll say for now. I'll say it's not a perfect movie. Maybe, maybe not, yeah. Maybe not my favorite MCU movie. I was questioning if it was the favorite superhero movie I've watched recently. Okay, what do you mean by recently? I put it How up against like Batman and No Way Home. I was like, is this better than both of those? Oh, okay. I was I had a question in my head. I'm not sure yet. I, well, can't, I have to watch it again. I think to answer that, we'll have to get into spoilers. Yeah. So if you haven't seen it already and you don't want to be spoiled, you can go ahead and just uh, stop listening now. <laughs> it came out fairly recently. It's so. the end of the episode already. So just, Big uh, warning. just subscribe and then check it back us out next week. <laughs> Save, yeah, exactly. But we're getting to major spoilers now. For Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Why was it so good to you? It, the horror vibe was just a landing like just perfect landing all around I think Mm. Um, them selecting Sam Raimi to do this was so good because it's not terrifying yeah but it's going for all these tropes everywhere yes that just work for and for for Doctor Strange a little bit of jump scares, a little bit of... Sure. Uh, what I was talking about, like, the real Raimi stuff is, like, when you get, like, the POV camera shots. Right. And, like, a lot of, like... He does this a lot where, like, the monster is right on the face of the victim. <laughs> like, yeah. they have to, like, push them away. And that, that happens in the movie. It's uh, a bit um, uh, overindulgent in times where, like, that he does that with, like, Evil Dead, where it's, like, just gory or whatever, just yeah. too much. And it's so fun to see it, like, in front of me, <laughs> you know? 
um if we're going to spoilers like straight up spoilers now like the main antagonist was straight up just wanda yeah from not not like halfway through or anything it's like from the get-go like almost instantly like oh she's the bad guy and there's no one else and there's no one really behind her playing her like a puppet no really it's her own intentions she's the threat to everybody i love that because yeah. it's just like we've known her as a hero this whole time and mm-hmm. or we've come to love her and so it's so interesting how they at points i'm not sure who i'm rooting for because i she is the antagonist but we've we've been with her for so long now already i've thought about this before in the past and i said like it would be great if they took a hero and made him a villain because we've seen it the opposite way a bunch yeah and this is the first time they've done it and it was it was great knock out of the park yeah yeah i think elizabeth olsen's acting is better than cumberbatch's <laughs> okay because i think she has evolved in her acting since like the first time we saw her hmm okay i think this was like she's playing more of a wild character so i think maybe yeah. the other stuff i liked her better in already maybe one division specifically because she plays both parts in this mm-hmm. there's a version of her that is the loving mother so she's right. playing that part right right um and then i also love the america chavez character yeah she's kind of like thrown in right away like she's like the first character we see it's it's a this is a horror trope right where there's yeah. like the girl that's like the last girl right it's in a slasher movie or whatever she's the yeah. character for that role but I, what do you know the name of the actress i'm hoping i'm getting this right it's like Sholatile gomez I, it I, starts I'm with just, an x i'm trying to read it in my head mm-hmm. but i know i'm off i'm yeah. sorry um but she kind of like can hang with the best of them in the sure, movie yeah because she's in, in it as just as much as almost everybody and i've never seen her in anything else before yeah but she's great in it she did an awesome job playing this role i'm curious if she could be like the lead if we ever get to young avengers if she's just the main lead she uh, her power set's like kind of amazing so she's definitely op <laughs> yeah yeah so she's a problem yeah so i i, I don't know and uh how that's gonna shake out when we get to young avengers team. right yeah um, two weeks ago, we were talking about this movie and we laid out our predictions. I think I got one and a half right. I got hmm, zero right. Really? <laughs> yeah. So one of my predictions was America Chavez is not of our world and she's of the same world as Defender Strange. Yeah. So that's kind of like half right. That's wrong, right? Yeah. She's not from that, that world. No, but yeah. she's also not from our world. Yeah, yeah. My, one of mine was that Wanda would revive her kids. Oh, uh, yeah. And you were like, oh, that's obviously going to happen. That's, that's obviously, it's in the trailer, you idiot. <laughs> and you are so wrong to believe in me. <laughs> that's, that doesn't happen. Um, I uh, well, there's one that I said was fifty fifty, but in my head, I was maybe more sixty forty confident it was gonna happen. Which one was that? Was that Wong would die, and uh-huh. it, that did not happen. Yeah, there was a moment. Yeah, possibly, but yeah, no. But I, I was really pretty confident in that because I thought that's the way for Strange to be Sorcerer Supreme. Right. And by the end of the movie, he is still not. It's not. It's not a big deal really nowadays. Like I think that's gonna be like his graduation when he's done. That means Wong is gone. I don't want that that's gonna be too sad it's gonna happen i don't know it's yeah. not a big he's been there done that yeah to me um you had another guess my mine was i what was my middle one i'm killmonger. killmonger was gonna be part of the Illuminati. you are so wrong <laughs> not even close well that was the illuminati of this world <laughs> we could have an illuminati somewhere else <laughs> not even close not in there do you want to talk about the illuminati right now okay let's get into that that whole scene was all fan service and yeah. uh ew, i loved it it was crazy. <laughs> 
<laughs> there was one in the batch that I was like, mm, did we want this one? But I get it. <laughs> I get it, yeah. Um, yeah, that was one of our like extra predictions that I, w- I was not sure was going to happen. And when it came true, it was the best thing in the world. The whole thing? Yeah. I would say it was fantastic. <laughs> okay, so... Yeah, Professor X is it. <laughs> Professor X is... <laughs> Uh, I, I I didn't know Captain Marvel was gonna be in there. I thought that was a good version of her. Captain Carter, I think was it was cool. Yeah, some stuff we've seen in What If already. Yeah, Black Bolt. Did Bolt, we need Black Bolt Boltagar? Did we need him? I, I mean, I get he's in the Illuminati. Yeah, and uh, there's a scene with him that is very cool. Actually, multiple scenes that is very cool. So I get it. I I like that he's in it. You look kind of weird, honestly. The costume and all is I that remember, this is from the show, right? Same guy from the show. Yeah, the same costume. Well, the in the show he. I I remember he would just had like a trench coat almost. Yeah, but does he eventually wear, wear the costume at the end? I cannot tell you. <laughs> I okay. didn't watch it. Watch the whole series and let me know. I'll do it in, right now. It's like two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's and then we get John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic. Ooh. So, what's more bigger fan service to you, John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic, or Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield coming back as Spider Man? Oh wow! Because both of those are like almost like internet made. What do you mean, um, fan service? Or it's like kind of distasteful that it happened, or that I like it? Uh, <sighs> That's, that's, I guess that there's you like two ways it. to say it, to view it. But I mean, like both of those are definitely just for the uh, fans. If I because the fans yeah. wanted it so much, I would have to say the Spider-Man thing is still bigger. It's just still a bigger deal. For so long, we did fan cast like the world fan casted John Krasinski as Mister Fantastic because he was he's Lanky Jim from The Office. <laughs> yes. So that's what everyone saw. Um, it was my favorite part of the movie. Really, you sometimes you say like I don't see him as Mister Fantastic. I did see him as Mister Fantastic. <laughs> I, I I had those trepidations too and when I saw it I thought it worked do you believe him as like a genius genius when he talks like because he, he's supposed to be smarter than everybody I kind of do I don't know if I see him angry because I kind of see Reed Richards angry all the time like yeah overworked or whatever do you believe his act like I I like him as Mr. Fantastic but I, I still see Jim yeah what is that I don't know it's his face yeah <laughs> But you don't see Jack Ryan. <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh I'll allow it. You'll allow it. <laughs> I'm going to allow that. Yeah. Uh yeah. I, I I think it works. I think I think if we are gonna get him again as Mr. Fantastic, who knows what multiverse rules, right? I, I think we are, right? What do you think? I think yes. I think um there'd be an outcry if it didn't happen. And we it's a guarantee we're getting the Fantastic Four movie already. Right. They've announced it, and I feel like it has to be him. There was uh I thought I had afterwards was like, we know there was reshoots yeah. and maybe that was reshoots because they were like, oh, we got John Krasinski. He can be this side off cameo in this other universe. Yeah. And then we can cast someone else later on as Mr. Yeah. Fantastic. That was a thought I had. Um, but if they do that, yeah. I'm going to say right now, I'm going to hate the Fantastic Four. <laughs> I think you have to have John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic. You have to have Jenna Fisher yeah. as um, the thing. <laughs> <laughs> You have to have Rain Wilson as the thing, and you have to have um, Ed Helms as <laughs> Human Torch. I know. And uh, Steve Carell as Doctor Doom. Ooh, you wow. have to have that. That's really good. It's the only way I'm, I'm going to like that movie. I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, can you imagine there's just like they made like an office parody of the Fantastic Four 
But um, so the whole Illuminati thing, mm-hmm. I like that they were there uh, because of what eventually happens to them, and it shows the ruthlessness of Wanda. Yeah, yeah, that they just all get picked off one by one. She's none of them are a match to her at all. It was so yeah, and then that decision was awesome to me too. Yeah, it's a, it makes it that's the most horror movie part of it. Yes, right, you're right. Yeah, that she's just like the monster of the world. Jim was like a uh, Blackguard Boltagon guy could kill you with a whisper of his mouth. Yeah, it's like what mouth? <laughs> <laughs> that was. I was I was kind of surprised. That felt like Sam Raimi like overness or whatever, like too much. I love it when he did it. Yeah, because like he doesn't have a mouth, so he tries to scream, so the voice stays in him. Yeah, <laughs> his head explodes. It's like crazy. I was like, that's oh man, Wanda's dope. I saw this this <laughs> comment uh, online. It was like, doesn't um, the smartest guy in the world just told Wanda like what <laughs> what I'm like what's gonna him. attack you with? Um, so like that guy was cool but also like they reveal like their strange was the biggest threat so yeah. they had to he told them to kill him pretty interesting and the way they did was with Black Bolt's um, voice that was a cool scene like that like to me it's like maybe they should make an inhuman um, I'd say series oh uh, <laughs> yeah they should <laughs> uh, <laughs> they should do what has never been done before <laughs> there was a, a scene where like Black Bolt got like choked up I was like oh that's pretty good acting just yeah. for like split second there was um before the se- their dumb show uh, <laughs> there was a rumor that it was gonna be Vin Diesel as Black Bolt wow um, I, why like we he had was, him as Groot saying three words now we're gonna have him say no words yeah they are like well he's a better actor when he doesn't talk at all <laughs> when he just when he's a tree yeah um, but it was the guy <laughs> we're gonna have him voice Black Bolt but we're gonna have him all CG so he's not gonna say anything <laughs> He's literally in a sound booth, just not talking. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Um, and then, so she kills all of them. It's so cool. She kills Mr. Fantastic by just stretching him forever. She's, yeah, yeah. That that was like uh, like Mantis in, in Endgame right, or Infinity yeah. War type of thing. And so it was creative. The, the visuals, the horror aspects of like the like the the dead or whatever yeah and the look of that with the the other doctor strange that was like zombified yeah that was cool that was so cool to me did you like um rachel mcadams in it you know what? her character is kind of skewed in it, i think like you didn't like her it was like they had to have her in it so they wrote a way for her to be in it that didn't wasn't it didn't sell me oh but i i get why she has to be in it but like they made her like an expert in multiverse stuff like what? oh the I, I guess logistically that that does sound kind of weird yeah that this random she was just like a, a doctor before now now she knows scientist. about multiverse but the way it interacted with this doctor strange and the the kind of you feel for both of them yeah and the way they can't yeah it doesn't fit perfect i thought that was kind of interesting storytelling there's a line he says to her towards the end that uh, i think is like one of the best uh lines in all of like romantic lines in all of marvel really i was gonna say cinema but no not cinema. talk about marvel yeah yeah when he says like i'll love you in every universe yeah. I was like, ah, that's a good line. Mm, okay. Was that better than uh, Vision and Wanda? She, he no. was like, what is what is it? What is uh, Saraba love everlasting? Something like that. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm surprised Vision was not in this. I was thinking that too. Was uh, Is he on a business trip <laughs> in that world? No, because like... Um, so again, we're going deep spoilers. Wanda pretty much loses when she realizes she's becoming something that her kids wouldn't want. Yeah. Because she's so greedy to have them back. Comes with like a realization. Yeah. Yeah. And that she is pretty much stealing kids from a mother that loves them. 
Yeah, separate right? Wanda. So that's how she's kind of like defeated or like shown the error of her ways or whatever. Just stopped, yeah. But I, what I thought was going to happen was Vision was going to come down the stairs and then she would see him and realize they're like a complete family. Oh. And mm, yeah. she's breaking them up. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Oh. I can see that. Yeah. I, I think, well, she had to do a Westview thing there, right? Yeah. So maybe the events of Westview did happen there too, yeah. except for the kids are fine. Mm-hmm. So it had to like lay out the same way where Vision's gone for some reason. Yeah. Well, I guess in that universe, she did do the Westview thing. But um, there's no Agatha there or something. Oh, possibly. So yeah. she's just continuing the Westview thing. Okay. All right. It, Westview's just alive and well there. Yeah. Okay. No, they're all, all the residents are still like. Yeah. Still <laughs> trapped. In the, the, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you think it was better than No Way Home? Again, it's recency bias. Yeah. I want to say yeah. Really? Because No Way Home, I enjoyed a, a ton, but it definitely like got boosted once the other Spider-Men were there. Whereas... Uh, Multiverse of Madness, I kind of enjoyed even before the big fan service moment, which is halfway through, which is Illuminati. Even before that, I was already really enjoying the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think before that, I liked it more almost for some reason. Yeah. But I just think like America Chavez is a great character. Yeah. And then Wanda was a great villain. Yes. Yeah. The 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 horror vibe just worked perfectly for me. Uh, Sam Raimi said like, uh, the Marvel approached me to make a horror movie, but as scary as the Doctor Strange comics are, you know, that's yeah. the max I would go. Mm-hmm. They wanted me to go. Yeah. And right sweet spot for me. I think the, because they laid the groundwork a little bit so that they could use that as the element that'll win in the end like the trick whatever which is day walking oh yeah they introduced that early in the movie so that he could use that and the way he uses it is very cool I thought like wow that's perfect like that's so smart. So, yeah, but you, he's doing it in like a cool way. Yeah, yeah. Injecting more of uh, some stuff we've had before. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Um, this is definitely better than the first Doctor Strange. I would say oh, yeah. it's top six Marvel movies of all time. Oh, wow. Mm. Including like the Spider-Man stuff? Uh, possibly. I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I really don't know. It's hard to tell. Do you like it more than Endgame? Let's say that. Because Endgame, I don't know if you love Endgame. I think I do like it more than Endgame. Okay. Yeah. I don't love it. Yeah. The Endgame is so good, but it's just, I have to compare it to the last movie, Infinity War. And it's just- Infinity War still number one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We've well, seen Doctor Strange now, I believe in six movies. Is that right? So Doctor Strange 1, uh, Infinity War, Endgame, Spider-Man. No Way Home. No Way Home. And, and this one. So I guess five. And I think this is fine. Thor, or Thor Ragnarok. Or, yeah, but okay, yeah, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Um, but this is, I feel like we finally got like the Doctor Strange from the comic books. Like he's reached that level of what he does in the comic books, which is so out there. Like when he was fighting Shimogorath, and it's not really Shimogorath. Yeah. He was fighting the monster at the beginning of the movie and he's like throwing magic stuff. And like, there's one part where like he just made a monster come out of a portal, grab something and then portal away. It's like a big fish. Yeah. Yeah, that was so cool. And then there's one where like he was, he made like these giant hands to rip a pole out of the ground and then was controlling it like it was his hands. That looked like a, um, a Dungeons and Dragons type move that moves specifically. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was so cool. Um, they're made, getting creative with him using his yeah. effects. Right? It's not just like a magic aura around an object and he throws it. Right. It's like a cool way to do it. Like a, a way that um, like someone that's very good at magic would do it. I think it's I think it's also like just somewhat there. The creators are like, these are action figures. Let's do something crazy like yeah be, not just whatever the the toy toys us do with it you know like, like mm. the the weapons it came with it's right like we're, yeah. we're giving it some random stuff to make it 
fun for the audience. Um, and also there were other versions of Strange and they used their powers a little bit differently too. Yes. I noticed that and I was like, okay, there's, there's a detail that I, I like. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, I'd say this movie is like 8.9. 8.9. Mm. I, well, I, I think this is personal bias. I, put, I give it a nine already. Nine flat. Ooh, okay. We have different, we also have different scaling <laughs> things. We've huge, talked about this before. Huge, huge difference. Yeah. It, it is a big difference. It's it's a whole <laughs> point one. That's a whole like whole other level, you know. Okay, I'll give it an eight point nine five then. Uh, all right, still I still think it's a tad bit, tad bit better. There's um, one last thing I do want to mention is they um, introduce something important to the X Men already in this. Oh, do they? Yeah. So obviously Professor X is in it, and um, but Professor X uses his power, and they go into the astral plane, and he's there with Wanda, but the 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 Wanda, the good one in their universe, mm-hmm. and it's like a white scape, right? You know what I'm talking about? The yeah, scene? I know the scene. So I just think that's really important that we're taking steps towards X Men already. <laughs> that's all that really matters to you. Yes, uh, that's that's. That's my real end game is to get to the X-Men already. Yeah. And it, it wasn't just like, oh, Professor X is there. And yes, he has the hovering yellow wheelchair. But his powers are used and it's just like how it would be used. Not like in, in the cartoon almost. Like oh, yeah. That's how it would be used. Is that how it was used? Okay. Yeah. And I he I thought he was going to be able to defeat Wanda or like overpower her in that world. But he wasn't. That's <laughs> well, just how strong she is. Because we know Professor X is extremely strong. Yeah, yeah. We have to keep going. That universe, they all kind of died. So maybe they're kind of weak over there <laughs> but uh yeah there th- th- these little elements are leading into x-men stuff here yeah was professor x a knock out the park for you was, were you disappointed at all in this i'm just a little disappointed at how old patrick stewart has gotten he's getting pretty old it's like please don't stay young forever <laughs> or stay older than middle age forever like you don't have to be young but like don't get any older no just get yeah reverse Get yes. younger. Stay how you were in the first X-Men movie. Isn't he like in, in a whole TV show still, like Picard? Like that's still yeah. going on? Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another thing I caught and I want to mention it was because he comes out later to join the Illuminati, right? Yeah. And when he comes out, you could hear the X-Men theme song. Oh, you could? Like, Really? Yeah. I can't believe I didn't notice that. Yeah. It's very subtle, but it's not exactly the cartoon one. It's just the same notes, melody. And then in the end credits, it's called X-Men 97 theme. So it's going to be the theme they use for the new series. For the new series, for the new show. Wow. So I'm already like hyped. Yeah, we we went to a panel at WonderCon recently about the the new show coming out. Yeah, they were talking about it. Yeah, I'm pretty. I, I've been watching them every, every now and then. Mm-hmm. A couple of episodes catching up. It's a good show, apparently. <laughs> it's very good. Well, is there anything else you want to mention about the multiverse? Uh, no, I think that was it. I I was kind of surprised how much I liked it. I Daniel Wick has been a success. Daniel Wick is a success. Everything Moon Knight was uh, ended well. Re, uh, listen to our recap about that. It was really good and. Multiverse of Madness was awesome. And Joe Coy. And Joe Coy. <laughs> that, that came out of nowhere too. Okay. Last, last, last thing I want to talk about. Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Doctor Strange and Wong still remember Spider-Man. They know Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. Everyone, everyone knows Spider-Man. People don't know Peter Parker. But they know about the multiverse because of what they did for Spider-Man. So is that what the thing is? They they That's for sure is a thing they remember. Like what happened, events to Spider-Man, not Peter Parker, they remember. But they remember they did some multiverse stuff with Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. But they don't know his identity? I, I like guess they so. forgot his identity? That was what the spell did? Yeah, they, that's that's what the spell did. But it still doesn't make sense though. Like how would you, how would that whole scenario have made sense if you don't know his 
true identity like i don't know i guess you have to reason it away um did they mention spider-man like yeah. that's what he did with the multiverse stuff or because he's something else because in the beginning of the movie wong and dr stranger talking to america chavez like in a restaurant and she's trying to explain where they she came from and what she's doing right right and they're talking about like i'm from another multiverse and she's like you guys know about multiverse she's like yeah because of spider-man right okay okay that makes sense um they're like yeah because they're making a madam web movie <laughs> Uh, Sony's handling that one so you really don't have to watch it that much did you guys watch Morbius yet? Uh, yeah I, I guess he just reasons away people still know Spider-Man he's out and about but not Peter Parker okay I guess that makes sense mm-hmm. now the end credit scene the one that matters oh yeah we're not done with the multiverse stuff yet no no we're not I was hoping this might bring an end to that oh yeah I was also hoping it would connect us to Evil Dead somehow <laughs> But um, Charlize Theron shows up. Mm-hmm. They don't name her, but she's playing Clea, I guess. That's right. And she looks a little, a lot different from from the drawings I've seen of Clea. Same yeah. color, but same color. What skin color? <laughs> Suit like <laughs> costume. The purple. Violet. Yeah. Also, it's like she's older. Well, Clea, I noticed she has white hair. Yeah. Does that mean she's older, or is it just like her look? I mean, Charlize Theron is older. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> Is she this like similar age to Benedict Cumberbatch? Maybe. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. But Stephen Strange is whiting his hair. All Marvel movies now feel like the end is like, hey, you did something in this movie that messes everything up and now you have to come help me. Yeah. And then the next movie will do the same thing. Yeah. That's how comics work. <laughs> Stay tuned, true believer. You yeah, know, they have to. Did you like that end credit scene? I didn't care that much about it. Like, I don't know this character too well. I've been read the comics involving her, but the end credit scene, the the look of it, ends just like how the Jason Aaron card it is that we were talking about. The reason because he's wearing the exact same costume, like yeah. the clo- the um, pedestrian clothes he's wearing. Right, and then he grows a third eye, just like in the comic books. Yeah, yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. So, so also, what's gonna follow up with that? That third eye. What does that mean for him? That he can see more. Because I, I don't know. Is he kind of cursed in a way because he. From the. What's yeah. the name of the book? Darkhold. <laughs> yes. It's the Necronomicon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I thought what was going to happen was as we're traveling through these different dimensions. Yeah. I thought we're going to have a different Bruce Campbell in each one. <laughs> I wanted that to happen. <laughs> but fine, we got one. That's that's good enough. I was still really hoping Magneto would show up. Oh my God. That was the, the big thing. At least if they could just even just mention that her father is alive in that universe or something. And. I, I, I would have been happy with that. What if there? What if the end credit scene was a different universe, and then yeah, her dad was Magneto? Is that what you're saying you'd wanted? Just a totally yes. separate one. I would, be, uh, I would be smitten by that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would be tickled pink if that happened. I, I'd be so elated. <laughs> Uh, I wish they said mutants. They didn't say mutants in the right. Thing. Yeah, um, they didn't say X Men. They didn't say Wanda's a mutant. What's her name? America could have just mentioned that for some reason, like other mutants here or something like that. Yeah, come on, Marvel. Let's just get it going already. <laughs> you can't wait. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> because honestly, I think they're really trying to hold it off as much as possible. Because X Men itself is so big with so many characters that that by the time they get to that, is that's all they're gonna have. Oh, for a while. So they. They need to kind of finish what they have now. They have to make that the environment, right? That's yeah. the world we're I feel in. like there's so many there. They have their own large group of villains, large group of heroes that it's not going to be like an X-Men movie. It's going to be like uh, a Wolverine movie and then his enemies. It's going to be a Gambit movie and his What it is, story. is it's an X-Men phase. Yes. There's the a whole be, phase. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I you think could have a whole true. year with it's just X-Men movies. But that's after Fantastic Four, I think, because we've not gotten sure. a good Fantastic Four movie. Yeah. 
Yeah. So they have to land that. Right. Yeah. One thing I was curious if they're going to do was Wong. I, we've saw we've seen him do like machinations in other movies. He hung out with Shang Chi to do something. Right. Right with with his ten rings, there was no mention of that. I thought that was going to be end credit scene where something. he's still doing something. Yeah, he's a sorcerer supreme. What's he doing? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I wish there was something. I thought there's, there's a magic thing. This whole world we were getting Daredevil. Was there going to be Iron Fist introduction or reconnection Ooh, into yeah. that? He is. His costume is more of like an Asian inspired costume. Oh, uh, Wong's Wong's in this one. Yeah. yeah, and even his magic weaponry is like Asian inspired. Yeah. So I would love it if it did kind of open the door to that. More Asian stuff? Or Shang-Chi specifically? Like Shang-Chi and Iron Fist and like Kun Lun. Yeah. Like uh, wh- where's the the magic people's place at? Kamartaj. Kamartaj. Yeah. yeah. I would love it if we got to see Kun Lun and like they know about it or something like they that. They mentioned it. Yeah. yeah. I was curious like, about that. Uh, this is the year the doors are going to be open. Yeah. The Thunderer just shows up or yeah. something. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. One last thing. Yeah, all right. <laughs> the beginning of the movie, the monster that's chasing America Chavez and Defender Strange. Yeah. It's like bands, right? Yeah. I was assuming like bands of Sidorak, like he's made of those or something like that. The monster. He's made of those bands. Yeah. Yeah. And then the monsters that are protecting Mount... Wondagore. Wondagore. Yeah. There's like these big giant monsters, right? Yeah. If they're also somehow tied to Sidorak, like I thought like, oh, Juggernaut would kind of look like these monsters a little bit. Oh. Like not the face maybe, but like build, the, the build. armor and the build. Of that. Yeah. I was like, if they're tied to that somehow. Do you think you'd want that? Like, do you want Juggernaut to look kind of like that? Yeah. You do? Yeah. Mm, okay. But I do want to see like how Juggernaut gets his powers. Because Juggernaut's not a mutant. If you don't know, he gets his powers from Sidorak. Through a crystal. Right? Through a crystal. Gem. Yeah. And then Doctor Strange also uses magic through the bands of Sidorak. Sidorak is like this evil demon. Yeah. Yeah. And like basically Juggernaut is his avatar. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I can see that maybe his armor looks like a reddish, more reddish tone of what those things look like. Yeah, I didn't know Wendigo Mountain in the past. I, th- I thought it had something to do with the Wendigo because because I, <laughs> I know that's a character in Marvel. I thought that was connected to that. No, uh, but then I realized, oh, Wendigo, Wanda makes sense. <laughs> Okay. Anything else you want to mention about the movie before we go? No, I think that's it. It was a knockout of the park. Yeah. I, I really need to watch it again. Great movie. Uh, if you haven't seen it, um, sorry we spoiled it, but totally you can still go watch it. It's great. It's up to you. Yeah. And if you haven't, also don't forget to subscribe to the Reader Copy Podcast. Um, we'll be back next week with more Super Macy. You won't want to miss it. Just search Reader Copy Podcast in your podcast app and give us a follow. Let us know what you thought about Doctor Strange. Maybe a little bit down the road, no spoilers, but on Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, and Twitter, we're at the Reader Copy Podcast. I follow us on all over there. If you haven't checked out our Moon Knight episodes, we're all done with those. Um, we just talked about the finale on Monday. So definitely search for that in our feed. Uh, until then, Daniel, do you have an outro? If you like what we had to say by the book, pick it up and read your copy. Fortify your minds! <laughs> I'm gonna go